It's just black and white. It's like you either do this or you die. There's Vegas a... with a chick is the ultimate meeting. You don't understand English. Juan Kenobi. Juan Kenobi. That's all I wrote. I'm not sure what what I was thinking. <laughs> but why are you talking about this? And you're like, because I'm bored. Prolific. <laughs> Wow! Welcome back to Prithy This Mead. In this episode, we get more prolific than ever, and I'm gonna stop doing this right now. <laughs> Corny radio is not my specialty, but we're back at it again. Here we are. Number 18? Number 18. We're growing in numbers steadily, steadily climbing. <laughs> That's how numbers go. Well, I mean, they, I mean, if you're... You know, I don't know. We're never going to do, do number they? 17 again. So, But the term exponentially. No, it's linear. We're not suddenly going to jump from episode 17 to 34. We could. That'd be stupid of us. We could engineer that. We would just be changing the the title. It would still be number 18. What if we recorded another like 20 episodes and didn't release them, but then release them all at one time? Then we could grow exponentially. Yeah, then we would have to seemingly do, exponentially. We would have to do like seventeen that next time, and then hold off for for thirty four, and then release that, and then hold off for sixty eight, and then release that. No. What if we recorded like episodes, but like didn't you know like like say we did the nineteenth episode, didn't release it, then did the twentieth episode, yeah. then released the twentieth, and then like did three more episodes, and then went back and released the nineteenth, just to confuse people. Do you think that would help our cause? No, because um, then it sounds like we go, um, when we, as I said, our last like five episodes have had double digit listens and that's awesome because I didn't think anyone would ever want to listen to us. Yeah, kudos to anybody that's uh, listened to these things, even for a minute. But an- I want to give you my thanks and, my, and some props. The fact that these all took like three months, if we just went three months without releasing anything, <laughs> what little like baby, you know less than a dozen fan base that we have would dissipate for, would entirely forget, forget about it and that's the thing i think you just we in 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 this stage you just gotta like like we say we just gotta be prolific i'm putting just, i'm putting these things on uh on facebook yeah like, and no one's like liking my statuses or of something. course not but i see that like you know i see more people like listening to it so i'm like okay someone's i'm annoying people enough to that they're finally like oh, whatever just let's see whatever. what the fuck this is it's so funny like people will like the dumbest shit on facebook like somebody will put a quote by some person who's been dead for four thousand years my, and then my dog's sick today 70, 17 70, likes. 74 like sad faces yeah. and like oh i'm so sorry something that doesn't actually have any like you know weight to people at all this is an invitation to join a movement of proliferation where you know we're just gonna give it to you raw every single day and nobody seems to be affected by that i just find that hard to believe I just want you to know, if you see this on Facebook and you don't listen, fuck you. Well, how would they... Okay, never mind. That's not the point. <laughs> anyway, we're going to jump into our show and do the thing that we do. You go first. Because right. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have one, but we're going to find out right now if you have a take. So, takes one to no one, our favorite segment around here. I have actually got one today. I've done a little uh, legwork on this. Wait, hold on. Before we start this... Mm-hmm. What's the name of our podcast? Pretty This Meat. Do we want to explain that at all? We have explained it. Uh, do we, like, we explained Takes One No One again last week. Do we want to do it again? 
the idea of takes one to know one? No. Do you want to explain pretty this meet again? Just kind of like a refresh of why the fuck we're named that. No, I want to tease people. I want to make them go back through the archives and have to figure it out for themselves. Did we actually like detail the? Yeah, whole... it's in your favorite episode. Oh God! Well, yep. let's not let's let's not have people refer to the Thanksgiving special. With if you guys want to know what pretty this meat means, I'm going to encourage you to go back in time a little bit and uh, listen to the Thanksgiving recording. It's like nails on a chalkboard, but you will come away with a deeper understanding of uh, what the name of this podcast stands for and what it means. Make it through the first half so that you can listen to the second half of us critiquing the first half. Yeah, there you go. It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. You just got to, you know, you got to finish it. You just got to just, you know, there's going to be ups and downs and things like this and not saying that we're any good now, but we're better than we were then. Yeah. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into Takes One to Know One. And my contribution to this segment today involves Iceland's president, Gudni Johannesson, and I could be butchering that pronunciation. I tried to type it into Google Translate to uh, have them say it, so I was somewhat in the ballpark, but I don't even know if that's right. But Mr. Gudni Johannesson, the president of Iceland, uh, is on record saying he would ban pineapple on pizza if he could. And I find this to be an incredibly poor taste. Abhorrent? (laughs) Yeah, it's just abrasive. It's offensive on so many levels. So basically, some kids in a high school in a town, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation here, but I think the town is pronounced Acuryry. Probably not. A-K-U-R-E-Y-R-Y. Yeah, I don't know. Acuryry. Yeah, that sounds like something out of... uh, It's in northern Iceland, so all you need to know about that is it's fucking freezing. Yeah. So, um... This these kids at this school in this city were visited uh, by the Icelandic president himself, and uh, he talked about a bunch of shit that nobody cares about, like history and voting, and nobody fucking you know when you're when you're talking to a bunch of high school kids, they don't give a shit. They just want you to get the fuck out of there. Well, actually, they're kind of pumped that they don't have to be in class at the moment. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, uh, assembly day was always you fucking can awesome. just jerk off. Basically anywhere, so and metaphorically, wait, wait, not wait. <laughs> literally. This is a school we're talking about. I mean, here. they not still a have fucking to sex commune. Usually, if you're not present, the teacher notices your absence, and then they would check the bathrooms, and there you are in the stall. Just yeah, but going to the assemblies wasn't that bad because you know you just fucking dicked st- around all day, and, and you stare at like teenage girls' thongs because you know you've never like seen one before. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, good times, man. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so uh, in true high school. Uh, you know, nature and fashion. One little smart ass got the bright idea to be a real wise guy and ask what the Icelandic president thought about putting pineapple on pizza. Because that's what high school kids do. They ask dumb fucking stupid questions <laughs> thinking that they're hilarious. And uh Johansson actually entertained the question. He didn't just casually move on like a you know a real mature politician probably should have done. Uh and he said that he was fundamentally opposed to putting the <laughs> topping on a pie. And I found this to be incredibly distasteful. I mean, as a fish as a pizza aficionado myself, uh you, and you can't really question my pedigree when it comes to, you know, <laughs> loving pizza because I have a fucking tattoo of a slice of pizza on my foot. So if you want to at me, go right ahead. I will fucking shoot you down. I'll fight you. Yeah, I will fight you. Uh, I find this to be a heinous crime, though, because it's like I can't really think of a, a of a decent comparison to like banning a topping like being put on pizza. 
unless we're talking about Trump banning immigrants to the United States. It's like the same shit. Pizza's good with everything on it. Like pizza doesn't need a specific set of toppings to make it delicious. It can have pretty much anything on it and still be amazing. And it's one thing to be like, man, pineapple on pizza fucking sucks. But to say like no one should have it, that's some that's some dictator type shit. Like this president needs to watch himself. Really, he does because you know he could be alienating a lot of really powerful people who enjoy putting pineapple on pizza. Like, I mean, he's the president; he's not fucking ruler and emperor. Like, he's got to not overstep his bounds, or the pizza brigade will right overthrow him. And it's one thing to like say, okay, I don't want anybody to put candy corn on pizza because you know I'm sure there's a small <laughs> contingent of people who are going to be upset. But you know, at Fuck the em. at the end of the day, like. You gotta know your fucking limitations. I mean, I know I just said pizza's good with pretty much anything, but... Do you think there's a, um, just, like, a... Just a cultural difference here, given the fact that, like... Maybe they just don't like Hawaiian people. Well, I was gonna say, like, what... If you were describe, to describe all things Hawaiian islands, and then you were to describe, like, the absolute opposite of it, you'd get Iceland, I think. You're not wrong. I mean... <laughs> Unless there was somehow some, I mean, they're both islands. That's pretty much the only thing like they're gonna have yeah. in, in, in in comparison. But. Well, anyway, I'm I'm you know starting a movement now to severely resist this guy. You know and- what? You, you know how you know how easily you could. I just looked it up. They have three hundred and thirty thousand people in their country. We have three million in Orange County alone. We could campaign in this city. And have 30% of the vote. Yeah. Anyway, I'm calling to make pizza great again because all toppings matter. Yeah. You know, this is pizza without borders here. And I think that he should be checked at the gate. He shouldn't be allowed to make these uh, offensive claims about not putting certain delicious ingredients, I might add, on your pizza. Top three uh, pizza topping combinations for you. Well, number one, all-time favorite since I was a fucking four-year-old has been pepperoni and pineapple i know it's kind of unorthodox because usually the typical one is going to be canadian bacon and pineapple or just ham but yeah ham and pineapple which is good too but i I used to like select the hawaiian option uh when i was like making my uh you Mm -hmm. know pizzas on like domino's you know like mobile site and stuff but which is super intuitive and totally awesome by the way it's so cool but like i was sticking to the even though I'm totally customizing my pizza, I got in the trap of like sticking to what I knew Hawaiian pizza was, which like you said, Canadian bacon or ham and fucking pineapples. And then I was like, I don't need that shit. I can just put pepperoni on it. And I started to, and it's fucking awesome. Hands down, pepperoni is the greatest pizza topping. Like, All right. So it's, it's, I guess we don't need a, a second and third because it's just going to be more. Pepperoni. I'm going to give you a second and third. <laughs> pepperoni mushroom is definitely number two. I love mm. mushrooms on a pizza. I like mushrooms in general, but mushrooms on a pizza, there's just something about them that's fantastic. And I think my third favorite combo has to be like a supreme pizza. Like that has like all the veggies and like some sausage on it. Yeah. Like a supreme pizza is fantastic. Like, mm. So those are my top three uh, pizza combinations. Um, to summarize my take here, I think we need a call to arms to uh, remove this guy from office. He's clearly a jagaloon, and he needs to be stopped. And again, it wouldn't take anything because they're the size of There's a 330,000 people there. Orange County, if you're listening, come to my aid. I will make it worth your while. When the pizza revolution happens, I will lead you to the promised land. And that's my take. All right. Is there anything you got to say about banning toppings? How could you how could you be fundamentally opposed? That doesn't even make sense to putting a certain 
topping on a pizza? Like, could you be like, you know, taste? All I'm thinking of opposed. All, all I'm thinking of Steve Buscemi and Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Oreos and French fries. Peanut butter and gumball. <laughs> you know me too well, Deeds. And you know what? In in my pizza kingdom, all walks of life all, are, all are welcome. Yeah, put whatever you I, want on I a mean, pizza. I, it drives it drives the economy. Like you're yeah. you're selling that many more pineapples. French fries and Oreos. Not exactly my cup of tea, but I'm willing to try it, and I will support. Okay, the contingency. So. I had Chicago style pizza recently Mm -hmm. and I know people are always like, oh, it's the deep dish and I hate the deep dish and I hate Chicago style. And I always just assumed it was the deep dish that people hated. And then I had it and I realized like what they were talking about, how it's cheese and then sauce on top. And that's awful. Yeah. So the cheese is supposed to be like, like a, like a. Like a saran wrap, yeah. so to speak, for for the sauce to yeah. keep it like kind of all together. No, I like, had to eat this shit with a fork and knife, and that's not pizza. I mean, that's, I'll, a, that's a lasagna. I'll eat a hot slice of pizza with a fork and knife, just because you know, like pizza can be a little greasy. You know, folding. I'm not real. I'm not a folder. You're not a folder. I'm not a folder. Wow, that's I'm not a, a folder. So my thing with pizza is, is I try to make it last as long as possible. When you fold a pizza, you effectively <laughs> cut it in half. <laughs> You effectively reduce the amount of bites and taste sensation that you experience, you know, in a pizza. And so I, I don't condone folding, but again, I'm not opposed to pe- people who fold their pizza. So I, that's all what I about, know. What about, what about grease dabbers? Uh, I get it. People want to be health conscious. Uh, but then why are you eating a pizza is the, is the thing, you know? Some people are very conflicted. I mean, I, if you remember some of our past things, you've heard me mention Chirag and Ernie. Ernie was the kind of guy. He was a pizza dabber. He was a pizza dabber. Grease dabber. But like he was 15 at the time. So it's like. Dude, listen, if now, you're 15 and your metabolism can't handle that grease, listen, I got bad news for you. You're only getting older. Now is the time to eat the greasy pizza when you're 15. When you're 15, and you dude. can still take it. I don't dab pizza. I may have dabbed once or twice just because, like, it seemed like a neat thing to do. And in theory, it's, like, a really good idea, I guess. Oh, I'm going to take a little grease off the pizza. Well, that's but just the grease that's sitting on the top. And like, it's not like, yeah, oh, sweet, this pizza's healthy now. Great. This pizza's now 1% less fat than it was a second ago. And you can solve the same thing by just holding it vertically and having it drip off. Uh, yeah, you could. But then you run the risk of the toppings maybe falling off. So, uh, like, if you get a really cheesy pizza and... Plus... Plus, I mean, when you're 15 and young and impressionable, people are going to call you all sorts of names when they see you dabbing your pizza. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did to Ernie, so. Like a. Have fun dealing with it. Like a bitch. Yeah. Have fun dealing with the, with the recourse of being a public pizza dabber. You know, again, in, in, in my pizza kingdom, all walks of life are welcome, but I would just encourage you to enjoy your pizza. Right. Bottom line, whatever it is about your pizza that you enjoy, keep on trucking. Because that's what makes the world a great place. All right. I think the world could, uh, you know, <laughs> could unite over pizza. They definitely could. I think they could. There's something in it for everybody. I feel like vegetarian. I, I feel like we need Trump to or try to vegans. I try to think. I, I got to think that like Trump trying to shut down a like pepperoni would unite the masses. They'd be like, this is the last drop. <laughs> Conservatives would finally be like, all right, you guys, this guy is full of shit. This is the last draw. We finally get it. <laughs> we understand. The conservative right would be like, no. <laughs> the Muslim ban, okay, that was tolerable. But the pepperoni ban, how could he? He's such a tyrant. 
So there you have it, man. That's uh, my take. It feels good to be prepared with a take. Like yeah. it feels good. Like that was, that was good. Was, I was inspired by our guest last week to really up my take game. <laughs> she came in and lit a fire to this game. Oh my god! Holy shit! I listened back to that like portion. Like I searched through the recording to listen to it. The mics did pop, dude, for a from little our, bit. Our but screech. you know what? The 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 mix down did a good job of like. Uh, no, I feel like it lowered the volume. EQing like, yeah. it, yeah. I was like, oh damn! I really was hoping it would capture the destruction that that took place. Like minds were melted. Oh man! Props. Oof. Where I don't necessarily condone her opinion. I just like the fact that she said it. I don't. Well, I don't know what the proper like stance is here. I am. I'm in full support of her voicing her opinion. That's that's what I'm like. I'm. I'm. But don't come after me. Super. Yeah. But don't at me on that one. Like I don't. I don't condone this opinion. But but I I condone her ability to express how she feels. Go at her for it. And she fucking killed it, man. MVP for sure. I can't believe she'd done one episode and better than any take I've ever had. Yeah, man. Hands down. All right, man. What about you? Are you ready? Yeah. Kick it live. Um, how much would it take for you to strip at a bachelorette party? To be the stripper at a bachelorette party? Base, base, base fee. You don't know what the girls look like, you know. Not much, dude. No? Like, what, what, what's, the, what's the low? What's the floor here? I don't know. What does the market run? I don't know. I'm not going to devalue myself. No, I'm that's not going to. I want you to. I want I'm not like, going to work under the table here. What's the least amount of money you would you would accept? Whatever minimum wage is, so to speak, for this, I'd do it for that. Yeah. Yeah. I let's say like male strippers made on average twenty bucks a performance. Just just throwing a number out there. Wait, twenty bucks? Uh, just throwing a number. Not saying that that's an accurate figure at all but let's say like the average was twenty dollars i'd do it for twenty dollars i'd do it for 15 maybe what yeah for an hour what do i got how prepared do i have to be (laughs) i mean well that's the thing because if you suck like you're gonna get like humiliated so you might as well try your your best i don't know about that man no i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i'd necessarily be humiliated well, I think I'd have a blast just dancing around well, that's, ass naked. That's how it would be Can good. I wear a G-string with a teddy bear on the front of it? Absolutely. Yeah, but you're going to have to get fully naked eventually. I mean, 200 200 bucks per entertainer. Per entertainer? Yeah, or or $20 per guest, whichever one is like greater. So, I'd do it for cheaper than that. Yeah. But I don't want to sell myself short. You get what I'm saying? All right. So, you know like, what I mean, so there's, you know, 10 girls. Right. They're going to pay you 200 bucks. Yeah. Would you do it? Oh, yeah. That's it? That's all you would need? Yeah. Wow. 200 bucks an hour, dude. That's a solid rate. I, I really thought we were just going to have to like put a comma in this in this price for you to like... No way. Wow. No. You know what that makes me? A whore? Basically. <laughs> I was going to say that makes me the kind of person who would do something that he normally wouldn't do for money. But not very much money, apparently. Okay. But I, I guess I'd get butt naked for free. In front of like... Yeah. In front of people you don't know. Yeah. That are going to be like objectifying you. You know, they're not going to be like, oh, wow, that guy's like really funny. You, you know they're me, gonna be, bro. They're going to be like, no, take it off, man meat. Let's do it. You know me. 
I was like the first person to be standing around his boxers during baseball practice. Like, like you'd look over and I'd just be standing around having conversations. In our in our liberal ass bubble of, uh, I mean, Orange County is pretty conservative, but in our liberal liberal ass uh, California bubble, we kind of grew up in a culture where like dudes didn't get like naked in front of each other growing up, right? Like you didn't take showers, you didn't like get changed that often in front of people. So, uh, th- but but Kirk had no problem with it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just let's clear some things up here. We never showered together. It had we had had to have gone to the showers. I'm talking in like gym class and stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Or, or even I, base, I never baseball. never had to do no, that. Like no. I was never required to take no. a shower after any. We had to in football. Physical. I mean, we didn't have to. No. Hell no. Some kids did though. Oh, like hell like, no. Like Dominic Lopez, fully grown, 14 year old with yeah. a beard. He that's lo- different. Dude. He loved showering. Like, I think that's different. I, so, for me, to get naked in front of a bunch of women isn't as problematic as it would be to get naked in front of a bunch of men for, like, like for so, for the sake of getting naked, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the... With no entertainment value behind it. There you go. There you go. If I'm, like, getting naked as, like, a gag, it's different. But, like, you know, getting butt naked in front of a bunch of guys who, you know, aren't there for entertainment, that's, 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 that's pathological. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. I definitely like, you know, I don't have a problem standing around in my boxers, but I'm not getting butt naked. I'm not jumping in the shower with a bunch of other guys. Like I'm not trying to towel off in front of some other people, you know, I don't know if I complicated this for you at all, but, um, there, there is, there is a line I right. guess that I draw. Well, how much would you need then to get naked in front of a bunch of men? And not and not just you know your buddies obviously you're trying to entertain. So oh God! No touchings allowed. We're What's say, the going rate? We're gonna say no touchings allowed. What's the going rate? I would imagine it's the same. If someone's willing to do it in front of girls, someone's willing to do it in front. of I guys. think I would have to assess my market value, what I could reasonably expect to earn, because I know I'm not in the best shape. So it's I mean not like, you, you know, know you know that like studies have shown that gay dudes have more disposable income than uh, their heterosexual counterparts. Cite your sources. I'm just saying it's a thing. I mean, it makes sense. They don't have. <laughs> really? They don't have like they they more often than not don't have right, kids. Right. Are you talking about gay couples or? No, I'm saying gay like just gay men, gay dudes in general. Well, I mean, they got more money to throw around than their heterosexual counterpart. They usually don't have a uh, you know alimony to pay. They don't have like some. Usually, more often than not, as as opposed to a. This Straight requires man. further research. Probably, I think. Uh, I think this requires but I'm, further I'm, research. I'm, I'm trying to just get, go on record and say that gay guys just have more money to throw around. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be irresponsible with my with my takes here. All right, fair. At least the disclaimer's out there. We know that you're being uh, <laughs> reckless speculation. Yeah, there you go. We know that you're being reckless. Now, I was like, I think this might need to be backed up by some evidence or some research. Uh, for me to get naked in front of a bunch of guys, I think I heard it on Colin Cowherd's. Uh, he was getting naked for some guys? No, he was saying that like gay dudes have more disposable, in- oh. disposable income than... He's known to be a, a bit of a shitster, though. Um, let's see. Uh, it really depends, I guess. I didn't ever think about that. I guess, in my head, before you had posed the question, I didn't think that that was an option. What? Getting naked in front of a bunch of men. Which, I, mean, I guess, speaks more to the fact that I'm not, I guess, willing to do that. How do gay dudes have strippers? I mean... Are you saying Obviously. I'm a gay dude? No, I'm just saying, I mean, if straight dudes like strippers and straight women like strippers, I have a feeling that gay dudes like strippers and gay women like strippers. I think it's just like the fun. Like, there's just some, there's something fun about it. Like, just stripping. I don't know. 
stripping. Paying somebody to strip or oh, okay. being so. the stripper. I'm not a stripper. I have no experience stripping, but I'm down to give it a shot. You know what I mean? If I could find a market where my assets are are uh, in high demand. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know? like, like, I'm not saying that once you get this gig, you're allowed to like work out for three months. You have to do it like now, you know? All right. So this isn't a totally hypothetical situation. So let's say like... Uh, I'm not giving you a chance to get on some. You got H- five gay H- friends H- and 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 they're out of luck. You know. Yep. Yep. Someone wants you to come. They're to looking for a low rent stripper. Yep. Do I do it? Yep. What are the parameters? They want you as is. Next week. No touching. I mean, that's really up to you, man. How uh, for an hour? <laughs> yeah. Two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. I'd go for the same rate, I guess. <laughs> Could the women touch me? I mean, I guess that's really on them. I don't know. Isn't that weird how I did that? Yeah. How how it's on you if, when you're stripping in front of the gay dudes, but it's on the women when you're stripping in front of straight women. What did I do there? That was weird. He made it complicated. <laughs> he made it very complicated. If the women can touch me, a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's how much you'd pay. It's a fucking win-win. That's how much you'd pay to strip yeah, in front I'd of them. I'd pay to strip. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what's your take here? My take is apparently that... Uh, you're a cheap, you're a cheap stripper, man. Wow, you set me up here. <laughs> you set me up here. I really thought we were gonna get in like the thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars? As like a minimum, as like a minimum, like those are your. Those you are underestimate prices. my low standards. <laughs> you overestimate my standards, I should say. <laughs> no, dude, getting naked, like, so I don't hang out naked, but I don't have a problem getting naked, I guess. But there's there comes a time when I'm just like, okay, I need to put some pants on, like. I get tired of looking at my own junk. Yeah. But, uh, like, if I'm, like, doing a show or acting crazy, like, I guess it's, like, a totally different Especially if you're sitting thing. and there's, like, you know... I guess whole... because it's, like, it's not serious. Like, it's funny to me. Like, I'm not, you know... I don't know. Never mind. I, I think I'd just be you. hilarious. I was gonna get graphic into sitting around naked when you're a guy. It's not as fun, I, I think, when you're sitting around naked as a girl. I beg to differ, dude. Really? Yeah. Because you got stuff that you could easily sit on on accident. When you're a guy? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's it. Like, well, I think so for me, like, you know. And then you know it's like bent on the couch and you're like, uh. Wearing my boxer briefs just kind of ensures that, you know, things aren't. There's a buffer there. Things aren't fucking, you know, in places they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? No, I, I okay. Here's another take. I was totally a boxer guy for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then finally when I, like, grabbed on to the, to the not, like, loose jeans crowd. I was like, wow, you're right. Like, boxers are just... They're a fucking mess. They're way too... You feel over-encumbered when you're wearing them. Oh, yeah. Things are bunchy. Uh, I mean, what more really can I say? Boxer briefs, man. That's all you gotta say. Boxer briefs are where it's at. I used to... I I don't think I wore, like, boxer briefs until, like, the very end of high school. I used to go to baseball practice every single day wearing boxers with a cup over it. (laughs) Jock strapping. Oh, my God. Notorious for adjustments. Yeah, man. Notorious. Let's get away from this. This is getting weird. Yeah, I'm like I'm like going back through my uh, my baseball uh, uh, undercarriage uh, uh, equipment, and yeah, yeah that's I not, don't need that's, to hear about it. That's not a good road. I think we need to move on. <laughs> but keeping in our theme, I think we're uh, this is going to be a sportsy uh, podcast. We might not talk hardcore sports analysis, but we're gonna we're gonna tease some things, I guess. We're gonna keep the the subject matter somewhat. 
it's basically sports related. It's right? going to be uh, centered around sports. I got a couple of questions I'm going to ask you, but first I want to. Uh, I love it. Run through the running list of our death watch segment. <sighs> Has anyone died? No one. Well, so do we need to go back to it again? Well, I just I'm going to list all the people <clears throat> that have uh, passed away who were are apparently significant enough to make a list on the first website that comes up when you type in am, am I gonna, celebrity death. Am I going to be like, who are these people? Mm, for some of them. Okay, then why? Because it's funny to watch you squirm. <laughs> all right, we got Richard Hatch, Battlestar Galactica. The original Battlestar Galactic. Yeah, never saw it. John Hurt. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Butch Trucks. Yeah. Maggie Roche. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gyllenhaal. I'm no. Sorry. I got really excited. You're like, I win. <laughs> <laughs> Set off the bells. Miguel Ferrer. No. NCIS Los Angeles. Crossing Jordan. No. 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 Dick Gaudier. No. He's from Get Smart. Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Yeah. William Peter Blatty, the author of The Exorcist. I feel like that one's kind of significant. Everyone's seen The Exorcist. God, that book must be old as fuck if the movie's like 40 years old. You, you ever think it could be one of those things where it's like like they wrote the book and then made a movie out like two years later? You know how like they do that, that sometimes? I guess that's what Jurassic Park did. Yeah. Tony Rosado, an old uh, SNL comedian. No. Oh. Uh, Buddy Greco, he was a singer who originally wrote The Lady is a Tramp. Richard Greco? No. Oh, okay. Greco. <laughs> Greco. Om Puri, a Bollywood actor? Significant. Mm-hmm. Francine York, an actress from the Doll Squad, and Bill Marshall, the entrepreneur who uh, who uh, organized the Toronto Film Festival. And none of those people are really all that significant, and it's kind of a bummer. All of them are, and are, were when they died, probably three times our age at the very least. Probably. So I'm looking at this list, going, I don't know any of these. People. No. And the ones that I do know were old. Yeah. Um, so, Death Watch is, is pretty lean right now. Death Watch is struggling to stay alive. It's pretty lean. Which is ironic. But, um, <laughs> and it just, it's a bummer because 2016 just, you know, hey, w- they went really, out with a bang. I feel like they really didn't start, though, until about April and May. That's the death season. That's I like guess. hardcore death season right there. Yeah, once the weather changes, once winter finally makes its way out. People start catching colds. People, uh, Yeah, that know. sudden change in temperature fucks everybody up. They're out. Yeah, but Death Watch, we're keeping an eye on it. And, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to breathe life into this segment, despite the fact that, it's, that it is Death Watch. That we need death for it instead. Um, yeah. We've got a couple of dark horses that have been established, all of which are pretty... Uh, I feel like we shouldn't even mention Stephanie's pick again, because if we mention it and, like further episodes they're gonna pin it on us and think that like we're the ones saying it so i feel like we just need to i'll take the fame i'll take the recognition sorry beyonce oh god sorry beyonce i'll take the recognition i really think stanley like that that's my number one overall seed i really think yeah he's on the he's on that list remember a couple couple episodes ago i showed you that list where it ranked people based on their age or for whatever reason. again it was much people that are three times he's like number nine because he's 95 years old dude all right He's old as shit. But uh, I think today, I'm going to kick it over to you. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me questions. I'm going to ask you questions, but I'm going to sprinkle them in there. I'm going to let you uh, facilitate most of the sports discussion. Because I live with, I'm like an ostrich. I have my head in the ground when it comes to sports. (laughs) All right. What do we got first on the docket? Well, the reason I wanted to talk, because like all that's been in my mind for the last week, which is kind of sad, um, 
considering i mean just it, it kind of highlights where my mind is usually at because i was i've been bored as fuck this week because there's no sports going on mm-hmm. and i realized how much my life revolves around the day-to-day like following of sports that are happening it's only tuesday man but when well okay the all-star game the all-star break for basketball started thursday so yeah. there hasn't been any games yeah. since thursday and there won't be any games until next thursday so you have this like so far friday to tuesday tomorrow too is going to be boring as fuck where there's only the all-star game festivities to talk about and they're not really that interesting so it's a lean ass time and i'm trying to okay what's a worse time right now or uh baseball all-star week because and and i'm saying these are bad times because most of the time between you want to call it the three major sports basketball football baseball there's also golf there's also college basketball there's also uh, hockey they almost all overlap you know at some point in october october's fucking awesome because basketball's just starting up baseball's in the world series football and college football are both in the thick of it if you're into hockey that's starting too yeah and there's just so much right now there's literally not a not a guy not a not a not a not a not a damn thing at all going on yeah i don't know if this is worse or if the actual dog days of summer are worse but then again you're in july yeah. Whereas, I mean, yeah, we're lucky to live here where it's sunny outside. But can you imagine living somewhere where it's cold and like there's in nothing? Buffalo, New York. And you're a huge sports fan and there's fucking nothing to and watch. You're stuck inside. It would suck, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, when I used to listen to the, like, the radio at work, like this time of the year and summer was awful because everybody takes fucking holidays. Yeah, yeah. And, all, you, and, all and your sports personalities that you love to watch. You get stuck with George Sedano fucking and, filling in for everybody else. Uh, and there's nothing to fucking talk about. And they like, they do okay. They find things to bring up here and there, but they're definitely not like, you know, they're not significant. They're not. And a lot of you may be thinking like, boo hoo, poor sports fans, like who gives a shit? But there's the same people that I feel like are like, what's the big idea? Like, who cares about sports? Like, why do you guys like, you know, waste your time following? They're, they're dumb. They're, you know, child's games and stuff. But there are most of those people, not most of them, but a portion of those people probably love like cooking shows, you know? Or Broadway musicals. Or, okay, <laughs> I was going to stick to just TV related things, but like, you know. E or Bravo, MTV, something that's going to be a fake ass reality show. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like sports is the most real reality show. Would you agree? No. No? Why not? Because it's not a show, so to speak. I feel like if you follow it day to day, it easily can be. If you're speaking like in terms of just entertainment value, then yeah, I guess I could agree with you because the entertainment factor is definitely there, but there's no, like, if you're looking at the games themselves. I'm not looking at the games. You're looking at the world of sports. I'm talking about things like Kyrie Irving saying the earth is flat. Like, that's what we've had to talk about the last few days because there's nothing else to talk about, but where would you get that? Like, you couldn't write that into a script on a show. People would be like, why does that guy believe in, like, flat Something earth? clearly stupid. Yeah, but we get it from someone that is the world champion, which is pretty hilarious. Someone who's not only a world champion, but who's, like, one of the best at what he does. Yeah. And he's like a well but like if you listen to him talk, he's very like, I mean, I don't want to get into that whole like, oh, this black guy is very articulate kind of thing. But I'm saying like he doesn't sound stupid. Right. And 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> the fact that he believes that the earth is flat is funny enough on its own. But there's always something like if you were to follow J.R. Smith's entire career and you see the ups and downs that he goes through and the fact that he's like one of the worst players of all time on a Sunday morning game because of the things that he does on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If J.R. Smith had come out and said the world was flat, would we be talking about it right now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying... Well, how you, different would the narrative be? It'd be like, this is J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith's worldview is way different from anybody else's. Probably. But what I'm saying is, I mean... I no, He's from planet. another flat planet. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is the entertainment value of following sports all the time you get through all the things that jr all the wacky things jr smith has done in his career and then you get to the culmination of him Mm -hmm. winning an nba championship with the Cavs, and then going shirtless for five days and like celebrating the uh at the parade without a shirt on and just going to the white house like without a shirt on and then him shirtless like his shirtless torso becoming a shirt like you can go out and buy jr smith's torso to have on a shirt like this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying it, you, you don't have to be, you know, interested in the Pats Buffalo, uh, Pats Bills game like this weekend to truly find entertainment in sports. And I feel like a lot of people sell sports short because of the fact that it's just like, oh, there's just, you know, grown men playing kids games. I feel like that's I that's a common approach to it. I think that there's there's a little bit of like resentment and jealousy towards athletes. I mean, and to be fair, they kind of get to do like and say sort of whatever they feel. You know what I mean? And it's it's taken more seriously because they have a bigger. uh, I don't think it's taken more seriously. I think it just gets more play. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like it has it has more gravity, like just because of where they are and the the uh, the channel that they have to communicate. There's more people listening to them than there is to some, you know, conspiracy theorist or soapbox uh, you know, corner some guy just like spewing bullshit. You know what I mean? Like they, they, there's millions. They have you know thousands, if not millions, of fans, and whatever they say is put under a microscope. That was disgusting. Uh, whatever they say is put under a microscope and put under a magnifying glass, and 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 people are gonna people are gonna hear it. People are gonna have an opinion on these other people having an opinion. And I don't, I guess like I kind of agree with you, but imagine if your favorite show had a new episode every day. That's what I'm saying. Huh? I, I don't, I'd probably get oversaturated and bored. Kind of <laughs> like what happens with sports, I guess. Really? Do you feel like it? Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I, I love, I like watching football because three days a week you get to watch football. You don't got to worry about the fucking MLB season playing 160 some odd games. You don't games. like that though? You don't like the fact that God, no. 180 days in a row you can sit and watch a baseball game like 90% of the time? No. You can watch no the Angels way. play? You don't like the fact that they're always you on? You just get oversaturated. I get oversaturated. I know there's, there's people out there who are diehard fanatics and diehard fans and who will sit down and watch every single game but I don't have the patience enough as it is to sit and watch things I you know, am passionate about, let alone fucking, I put on golf coverage and that shit runs all day. I don't watch it. I just fucking, I do a bunch of other shit and then look up and see a shot every now and then. Like, well, well, that's what I mean. Like it's something to put on in the background. That's what I do with angel games. I don't yeah, actually yeah. watch them all, but I feel like it's like a cool feeling to be like, Oh man, that's right. Yeah. Angels but I guess, again. you know, to that degree, then you got to sort or of the draw the line or between, the Lakers are on or right. 
there's always something except for like I like I'm saying this week there's there's nothing I think they may be like you know and it makes me sad the fact that it makes me sad it makes you sad therefore it makes you sad like it makes me sad and then I look at my sadness and I'm like man I'm really bummed about this that that's pretty depressing yeah well and I guess today so put, take yourself out of today's time and think maybe 30 years ago like how bad was that like when you didn't have access to the media like you do now yeah but I feel like and we you can, were just living in the fucking dark like I feel like we can hear about stuff perfectly packaged super quickly yeah. and just check our check the scores boom 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 right so once we do that there's nothing more to talk about when in the 80s like you could uh you could read a newspaper like all day you know you could oh let me read this column and then let me read this column and check these box scores yeah but my i guess my point is here is that like and 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 you weren't oversaturated you were perfectly saturated well the sports never go away today like they never go away when nba season's done all we're doing is talking about free agency and trade rumors and all all this other shit and how front offices are changing which don't get me wrong i enjoy that aspect of it a lot i just don't you know i just i just don't really pay all that much attention to it i catch what i catch and i don't feel like i miss anything if i don't you know like the thing uh today with magic johnson i didn't know about that till you fucking said something like i was like oh shit and then i went and had to look it up and sure enough that's a big move for people who actually fucking care like but you know i I don't know for me it's 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 not about it's not about the the quantity of the product i guess the quality is kind of important and with baseball like particularly that's the gripe that i have is they play so many fucking games and they end up nearly the same each fucking time and you know even if it's not from a game to game basis a series to series basis we, we, we've talked about this before like uh like my mom will have it see a game on and she's like oh are the angels like better than this team and i'm like well the angels aren't very good this year but this team's in the last and she's like oh so they should win right and i'm like i don't know <laughs> like the best team in the league is going to win 100 games and lose 62 yeah like, and that's the best so well, and in every uh three four or five game series you're gonna split two, they're gonna one. drop one you're like gonna split two one you're gonna one. split two two or you know, something just the best team in the league is gonna have a bad night or you know the other team's just gonna come out to play and they're gonna fucking and a lot of people kind of hate that about sports you know this is the fact that like a win one day and a loss the next day just doesn't matter and you can do that for the next six weeks and you're like what did these six weeks actually do for the standings what did they actually do for my entertainment value yeah and that's where people i have a feeling are probably like man sports what a waste of fucking time well it's always just kind of like beg the question for me like why would a team like the cleveland cavaliers bust their ass the entire season trying to hang on to first place when they could sneak in the back door with a eighth seventh sixth seed and just take it all the way home. Like Yeah, like who would they be underdogs against if they were the eighth seed? If they were the eighth seed. Like and I get that like the dynamics of the playoffs and the way they're structured kinda home and yeah, away that, and stuff. That, I, I give that some weight. I know like But LeBron's been to six straight finals, so let's not discredit the guy. Like it doesn't really matter where he finishes up in the league's Granted, standings. granted like, he is usually finishing in the top one or two, but right. again, it's because it's LeBron. But but I mean he's gonna be on the best team. Here we go, Golden State blowing a fucking three one lead. Okay, I was talking about this too. It doesn't um, really matter home court advantage. I don't think that's all that important. That's like, a, that's another thing. People always okay. Now I'm talking about actual just sports fans here. They say they don't like when sports uh, 
when it's too top heavy when you know the teams in the finals like you know at the beginning six of months before it starts and they want to see you know oh let's see what boston can do let's see what you know toronto can do but if boston or toronto made the finals you would be like god that sucks like how how boring is that so i have a feeling it may not be good now but i like it because 20 years from now it's going to be great to remember like oh man like just how people talk about like magic and bird you know they were like oh that was so amazing or jordan for six straight years at the time people i mean people make it out to seem like it was the best time in sports when i'm sure it's boring as fuck having jordan win you know six out of eight years in the moment but when you look back on it oh that's the greatest you know time in history when we look back on this i hope i hope the warriors and Cavs play six years in a row so you can be like, ooh, remember that third finals where they faced off? That one was a good one. Remember that fourth finals that they faced off in? I don't know. I agree with you, and I don't. Like, I'm half and half. Like, as much as I like to see a dynasty, like, when LeBron was on the Heat, I legit wanted him to win every single fucking year. Like, I didn't care. Like, I thought that was like, oh, shit. Like, we're, you Every know, year, though. He's going to eclipse Jordan. I was like, this is exciting. But that was the narrative that I wanted to follow. I didn't care that he went to the finals every single year, I wanted to see something better than what is supposedly the best. And I guess that's what I'm always looking for in sports, like a new dynasty, a new era, like the Lakers winning a fucking three-peat and then winning two finals and going for another one. Like, I want to see that shit. Like, I'll be honest, like... Greatness. As much as I like don't like... Like, as much as, you know, I'm a normal person that hates the Patriots, mm-hmm. like, the Falcons winning a championship does nothing for me. But Tom Brady winning the championship is yeah. like I saw the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. I was I was eleven. I was, I was eleven to I was yeah. eleven to twenty eight in like his his reign basically. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that you that people are like, oh, you don't know anything, like because I grew up watching Jordan, and you kids nowadays don't know anything. I can be that person to be well, like, the greatest, you guys don't know anything. I watch Tom Brady. The greatest thing about stuff like that is that the debate is instantly settled. Yeah, and in in the case of like Tom Brady, particularly, it's like when he won that Super Bowl, all of a sudden the power ranking, so to speak, were completely solidified, at least with him at the top, and it's like there are going to be dissenters and people are going to disagree that he's the best for whatever reason. But dude, one, five fucking Super Bowls, like that's, that's never been done. It's unprecedented. And, and therefore for me, that's, that's enough criteria to decide that this, he's the greatest, like and, and then hands there, down. And then there's that a uh, whole thing of like, um, Oh, well these guys will never be Jordan because Jordan never lost to finals. And I'm like, yeah. And that means that there were plenty of years that he didn't even make it like magic played what 13 years or something 14 years he only he won five championships Dude, but he went to nine finals that's insane though like you shouldn't get a demerit for like losing a finals no you no, still no. made it to the finals and that's that i feel like a lot of people forget jordan like didn't make the finals for the first eight years of his career when which is crazy too okay and anthony davis is probably like the best you know young Town basketball player going yeah. right now he's he they just got demarcus cousins but before that He's 23 and 34 this season, mm-hmm. and he's 23 years old. And yeah. his, the record, 23 and 34. He's 23. When LeBron was 22, he took a team to the fucking finals, like a like a team shittier than the one that Anthony Davis is on. Speak on it, dude. How crazy is that? That's fucking amazing. I can't even name like Drew Gooden and fucking like Sasha Pavlovich, and who, who was on that team, Zildrunas Algauskas. Anderson like, Verjao? No, I, I, 
was Sideshow Bob even on that team? He was on that Cavs team. Damn. Yeah, man. Like, that's fucking insane. It is. You know what's 20, crazy? Is 22 like, years old. Wasn't that long ago when you think about it, but, I mean, almost 10 years ago, right? Like, it, it was... Uh, 2008, 2007? It was 2007, yeah. Okay, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember watching that shit going, holy shit, and, like, legitimately being pumped. Like, I don't give a fuck about Cleveland, All right. but... Stephanie did have a little bit of a right thing where she said I was just, like, a LeBron lover like yeah. you know i don't have like i said i don't have a jersey i don't clap every time he's on the tv but you're just closeted bro that finals when he scored like he in the eastern conference before the uh before the finals when he faced the pistons and that was that my pistons team like the fucking rasheed wallace ben wallace you know chauncey billups yeah. and i love that team and lebron scored i think like 25 of the last like 27 points in fourth quarter overtime like extended mm-hmm. Just single-handedly, like, smashed on my Pistons. And I was like, wow, this guy's he's the, fucking he's amazing. The, he's the real deal. 22 years old. Yeah. Well, again, like, with... What, what did you do at 22? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, nothing. I smoked a lot of weed. Yeah. You know? I wonder how... Maybe more than LeBron. Maybe more than LeBron. I was going to say, how, how, how much weed do you think LeBron smokes in a month? Like, any? He's got to smoke. Uh, I, you know what, dude? I, I don't think the number is all that high. Like, there's casual use, there's, and then there's abuse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not to, like, I mean, I'm not saying he was on our level, but I'm saying, no, like, no, no. I'm, dude, I'm sure the guy, like, the, I'm sure the guy might enjoy How often do you like think a, LeBron, LeBron, just a little puff? You know what, dude? I, I, I'm frequently, dude. I'll go on the record and say frequently. I think it's, I think. How often do you think most major, like, athletes just smoke weed? Like, even Jordan now, like, Jordan at age, like, 55. I doubt he smokes weed. Really? Yeah, and if he does, it's very infrequent. It's a different time, man. Like I think today, for somebody like LeBron who's still in his thirties, like it's it's culturally accepted. Whereas in back when Michael Jordan was at the you know the era of domination, how long people ago were was that? They, like they, twenty they, years ago? They were smoking cigarettes and drinking beer in the in the locker room. I yeah, think. like that there were different the vices, like you know, different strokes for different folks. I guess in the seventies it was like cocaine use, and in the eighties it's like. Steroids. Cocaine use. <laughs> cocaine just run rampant for years. In the 90s, it was cocaine use and a little ecstasy. And, oh, man. And then in the 2000s, it was more cocaine use. And What a time. Uh, but I think that um, I think that he, he probably enjoys marijuana, f- you know, infrequently. But I think, it, I think it's more purposefully, you know, consumed for him. I don't think it's all about just, like, token up, dude. Like... I think it's therapeutic uh, benefits. Do you think they use it as like like any time? What percentage of the time that a professional athlete smokes weed, he's thinking to himself like, "Man, this is gonna like really help with like my recovery," and you know, I'm taking like this you know measured, rational approach to like my my mental health and my, or is he just like? I think it is time, that. Time I think it's just. I, I think all of that is encompassed in that latter idea. Yeah. It's time to spark. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. So I will say this: that I think it's a grave misconception to say that they lead easy lives. Yeah. I think that you are an, a total asshat if you think that what they do is easy. Even if you're good at the things that they do, the life that they live is stressful. And above all else. I think that smoking marijuana kind of puts you in a state of ease. And if anything, with the trials and tribulations that they have to go through, 
I think that it, it, it that is the reason that they would smoke. Like we were talking about, um, I mean, it may actually have medical benefits, but it's the placebo effect. If you th- think like, man, I'm going to smoke now and it's going to make me feel better, you're going to feel better afterwards. Dude, and I don't even know if with marijuana, it's not a fucking placebo. I'm not saying it's I mean, a placebo effect, but, but I'm saying thing. It, like, it, it adds into the, it enhances like... enhances your right. well-being. Yeah. And I think that, fuck, dude, those guys get on a plane, they're up in the air, and they're just like, so, fuck it, I just need to chill out. We got fucking six hours before we land, yada, yada, yada. We got to fucking go to immediately get off the plane, go do pressers, go do conferences, go practice. Fuck, like, you know, I, I, I need an hour or two to just I was talking free with my, my mind up. Like I was talking with my mom, and she was like, you know college basketball was right. on in the background and i was and i was like man yeah like right now it's kind of a dead period but once like tournament play starts it's really fun to yeah. watch like a team like play four five six days in a row you know and see like the same team play over and she was like oh is it really that hard to play basketball like that long and i'm just like you've got no fucking idea and you know what i don't even think it's so much that it's hard to play basketball because for them it's not hard to play basketball no. i mean the act the physical act of playing basketball is is second nature to them that's like their home away from home yeah. the basketball court but the 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 psychological triggers and stressors that come with playing basketball at such a grand scale make playing basketball difficult and you know again what I mean? and again like as i said this was four five six days in a row in these conference tournaments but they're all in the same building you know what i mean you don't got to go around nba players got to play back-to-back nights oh and God. sometimes they go on a plane and apparently as far as like muscle recovery and just general you know relaxing going on a plane is like the one of the worst things you can do like it's like the op- opposite of one of those hyperbaric chambers because you're pressurized. Depressurized. You're like a pressurized in the wrong kind of mm-hmm. ways, and these are already giant human beings. So yeah. Then you get the problem with uh, with Chris Bosh. He's got these blood clots. He's got these blood clots, and he hasn't been able to play in two years. Uh huh. And uh, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong here. He has a uh, some kind of degenerative disease or just a disease. Does he have sickle cell? No. 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 <laughs> It's, was there somebody who did? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, there there are dudes who have sickle cell that can't play in, uh, like, football players who can't play in Mile High Stadium in Denver because, because of the elevation. And, yeah. Uh, and they, they just don't get enough don't, Yeah, they just don't blood. get enough blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they, like, will... And you're already, like, at a disadvantage if you go try to play, you know, a mile above sea level because you just... You're not used to it. You're not conditioned to that. And if you've got something like sickle cell, like, wrong with you, then it's actually, like, potentially fatal. Right. And, um... That's the deal with Chris Bosch. He's got these uh, blood clots, and he's already had two. And if he has another one, he could easily die. So there's the whole thing of he's trying to play on blood thinners, and then you get the whole thing if you get cut, you know, on the court, you could bleed out and die. And uh, it was weird. He did, he did these Zeralta uh, commercials with like Kevin Nealon and Arnold, uh, Palmer. Arnold Palmer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer kicked the bucket last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, a lawyer I, I saw one of those lawyer commercials that's like have you had do you family? know or a family member who's used Zeralta and experienced it was one of the things side effects or died yeah you could be you know eligible for compensation so like this is some serious shit that they like deal with. and 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 you can't possibly I mean I know sickle cell usually you're born with it but I can't believe that Chris Bosch would have had these problems had he not you know played a profession had he not played basketball professionally like i mean he's seven feet tall he 
does all this arduous work, gets on a plane, does more arduous work and does that, you know, for half the year for 20 straight years, just it's probably going to fuck with you. I'm sorry. I got a little distracted there. Did you say that he, uh, he would or wouldn't have had these problems had he not played basketball? I'm saying, uh, like, like sickle cell, he's probably, you know, you're born with, right? But I have a feeling, I have a feeling, I mean, do you think blood clots are, I mean, again, we're just bloviating, reckless speculation, reckless speculation. Are blood clots something? I mean, you might have a high propensity for getting blood clots just hereditarily, but do you think you can develop like a susceptibility to blood clots due to, you know, your lifestyle. Yeah. Such as pro- playing professional basketball for Yeah, well, I, I don't know enough about how blood clots work. And I'm not saying poor guy. Let's work, but can't you like do things to to affect the way that the body responds naturally? you know, without genetic like precursors, like, can you do something like, like my high stadium? There's a, there's a significantly, uh, lower amount of oxygen in the air. Right. Yep. And that affects, I don't know if it's red or white blood cells, but whatever it is, it affects the ability for the blood to produce red blood cells and thus, you know, you have to breathe more air oxygen to the brain in order to the body to get more oxygen. So I think there's things that you can do that could make you more susceptible to getting blood clots, but I mean, Such that, as I, I don't, I don't know a, in particular, like, yeah. like, but you know, hypothetically, like, but I got a feeling playing professional basketball on an inter, interstate level yeah. would be one of those things. Well, and think about it, dude, like you made the comment about, you know, like muscle recovery or whatever, like for these guys who, who bust their ass, uh, two thirds of the year, like nonstop and it's not just in games they practice and they do this and that and this and that and they're always constantly fucking working i go to the gym and do leg day once a week and i'm sore for fucking five days like and this is when they're healthy like right. a lot of dudes you know will tear something and then they're playing two weeks two weeks later and mm-hmm. like now you're playing you know on a on a on defective a, leg a, or a defective, defective elbow or a freshly repaired yeah you know what i mean but as I'm, as I'm saying all this, I'm not saying like poor athletes, like you, not they, at all. they deserve not at all. all your sympathy. I'm just saying it ad, adds into the whole uh, resentment towards professional athletes where people are like, oh, they're doing the easiest job in the world. I could fucking do this. And they're playing a kid's game. And like, I have a feeling a lot of people kind of undersell like how difficult the rigors of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even not even athletes like like and look, then, look at musicians or and then there's the people touring that are like, artists like I'll take that paycheck for the pain, whatever. I mean, I might too though. Okay, maybe basketball, but football? Would you take football pain for money like that? Like linebacker pain or yeah. okay. quarterback pain? Anyone? Okay, let's take lineman pain. Lineman pain? Yeah, you're slamming against. A dude who's like 300 pounds, uh, 60 yeah. times every week. I don't know. They call, I, have you have you seen the studies that say that that, that that linemen colliding are like the effects? Every every 10 plays is the equivalent to one car crash. No in, fucking shit. In terms of like brain injury. Yeah, hands down to those guys, dude. That's that's brutal. Well, and then I guess because the the information is not new, but it's. No, okay. it's gaining more traction. Even, that, like, even still, football is detrimental to Mark Schlereth. He's had mm-hmm. twenty knee surgeries. Like twenty, even, even taking out the head. Twenty, like twenty knee surgeries. Even surgeons will tell you you don't want surgery. Ugh. Like you want to avoid surgery at 
all costs. And then they always say, like, I mean, in the whole thing about Thursday football games, people like NFL players say Monday they're shot, Tuesday they're shot, Wednesday they can like m- like get up and down stairs unless maybe they're running backs, but like they can get up and down stairs fine, but they're still like kind of sore. Thursday you just start feeling good, and, and you're fucking playing again. You're playing again. Like, yeah. The, the the Sunday to Thursday turnaround, dude, like that that can't be <sighs> condoned no. anymore. Like that's no. just. But once it's there, good luck getting rid of it. It's like what we were talking totally. about with uh, with with college athletes, and I mean Pay now up. that now that all the things are in place, the I mean, system has been so established and so ingrained, and you the, just can't. And the players aren't it. getting paid now. Why pay them? Why suddenly change that now? Change when it, the whole system. When it only is going to benefit someone else that's not you. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Well, um, so I'm going to ask you a question here, man. All right. Was the All-Star game shit or was the All-Star game shit? Is the All-Star game always shit? Yeah, the All-Star game's always shit. Fair enough. Um, you watched the Skills Challenge? I did. What, what? Any takeaways from the Skills Challenge? Give it up for the big men. They've won the last two years. Seven footers have won the skills challenge the last two years. Chris Stabs, young Chris Stabs, dude, he's a stud. I gotta say, man, it's like, it's funny too because they used to do that mm-hmm. where it was like it's for those who don't know, it's like an obstacle course where they got to go weave in and out, dribbling, and then pass a ball through a hoop, dribble back down, make a layup, and then dribble back down the other way and make a three. And they got to do that, and then once they make the three, it's their, their time's up. The way they used to do it was one guy would go at a time. Uh-huh. So the first guy he takes like a minute and a half, and you're like. Uh, that seemed like it took long, but I don't really know. The next guy I go, it's like 45 seconds, and you're like, oh, that did take a long time. That first yeah. guy sucked. And then the next guy goes, and you don't really know who's doing the what. Parameters, yeah. So now what they do, instead of timing it, there's still eight guys, but then they pair them off, and they go side by side. So so you're not racing a clock. You're actually racing a person. So it made them like try a little harder. So I feel like because they, 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 they put the point guards you know against each other, and then they put the bigger guys against each other and mm-hmm. then they put the seven footers against each other and then once they you know topple that eventually you're going to get like a guard versus a big guy and that's what happened and seven foot three latvian Kristaps porzingis fucking won it man the dude is a freak man like, he is an absolute specimen like he not only is he huge but he's, he's just he's not elbows and knees he's fucking he's a he's he's a he's got handles he can shoot athletic motherfucker yeah he's he's fun to watch it sucks that he's on the knicks because they're the worst garbo <laughs> that takes us right into okay you already mentioned magic the knicks bring up phil i feel like we got to talk about magic johnson dude let's go kick it off okay uh, magic so, johnson is appointed to the uh, every, president of basketball operations every everyone los angeles lakers today everyone remembers uh like kobe and Shaq lakers yeah back in like 2000 uh-huh. they hired the gm mitch Kupchak. Uh, Jerry Buss was like, who's like regarded as one of the best owners Dr. of all Jerry time. Jerry Buss. He's the one who actually moved the Lakers to LA, like way mm-hmm. back in the day. Oh, it was his idea to come up with Showtime. So and- yeah, yeah. I mean, he was there for you know the Kareem's and the Magics and stuff. So he was the owner. Um, fast forward nine years later, when uh, they've won three championships with Shaq and Kobe, they win two more with Shaq and Powell and Lamar Odom and. Andrew Bynum and shit. And then and Sasha Vujicic, don't forget. Stop. And then <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Derek Fisher, but <laughs> you went really off the board there. Hey, D Fish hit a clutch ass shot. We can't take anything away from D Fish. He always hit a clutch ass shot. Was that two thousand eight? What no, the point point four was back in like two thousand three, I think. 
I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, You're right. It doesn't. So that that owner, that amazing owner, died uh, what six years ago. His kids took over. A daughter and a son. And the way a lot of people would think is like, oh, like misogynists might think like, oh, what's the daughter doing in charge? You know, like it should just be the son that's in charge. Turns out the son's totally incompetent. And and Jeannie actually has got a pretty good grip on She knows what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. (laughs) So she's been on ESPN 710 a number of times and she's always very knowledgeable. And I mean, not only that, she seems like a really pleasant person. Like, so, so before he died, like in his will, he left his kids, the, the business and he kind of made, wasn't it Jeannie that he made in charge of like the organization, but then Jim was in charge basketball of basketball operations. Yeah. So he was in charge of the on court, like, you know, maneuvers mm-hmm. and, and, uh, coaching and stuff like that. She was in charge of what, like I would imagine sales and, uh, like, like, um, acquiring free agents and bringing people to, that's not I mean? basketball operations. I have a feeling that's basketball well, operations though. Maybe, maybe more. I have a feeling it's more running the front Staples, office, like running the yeah. Staples center, mm-hmm. like running the Lakers brand. That's a fucking $3 billion brand or something. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Um, it's crazy to think that the Clippers sold for 2 Jim, billion. Jim, Jim's a billion. Jim, his son is a billionaire. He wears a suit with a hat, usually like a baseball cap. So he's just like a, he, he's a fucking dweeb. He's a total dweeb. Apparently he never did interviews cause he just couldn't like talk. Right. Yeah. And then, um, slowly Jeannie's been like, they were kind of equal and slowly Jeannie's Jeannie's just like, you know, um, you're going to be, she started delegating what he was actually in charge of. And you realize Jeannie was actually, she wasn't, she wasn't the figurehead. She was, Jim was the figurehead. Jeannie has been running this whole shit. Jeannie, um, Phil Jackson, who coached Michael Jordan, he coached Shaq and Kobe. He coached, uh, Powell and Kobe. And he He was dating Jeannie bus for a while. Um, they're, they're still together now. No, no, Okay, so now Phil Jackson runs the uh, the Knicks. He's president of basketball operations. Jeannie owns and runs the Lakers. Right. On the other side of the country. Earlier this year, they broke up. For what reason? Or what reasons? I'm not sure. But Arash Markazi, as we sourced him last time for those uh Kyrie Irving quotes about flat earth. Yeah. He's reported today ever since Magic Johnson has been uh named president, president of, of operations. operations. Jim Buss, he's still an owner obviously because you can't fire an owner, but he's no longer in charge of anything Lakers related. He is simply an owner and Cupcheck, the uh the general manager from, you know, 17 years ago, he's fired. So it's all Magic now. The night then Jeannie broke up with Phil. Who'd she go to dinner with? As reported by Arash Markazi, it was Magic Johnson. So, what a dog! Where do you where, where do you where do you stand on this, dude? Where do you where do you what do you think was said at the dinner table? Magic Johnson, freshly broken up with Jeannie Bus, trying to talk her. Oh my god! Because for the longest time, don't make me speculate. For the longest time. Phil was trying to run the Lakers. Yeah. You know? And he was trying to get this Magic Johnson role as for the Lakers. And he got paid he never got that offer because Jerry, the dad, didn't actually like Phil. He didn't like the fact that he was dating Jeannie mm. and he never put a ring on it. Yeah. So um what do Jerry what? actually fired Phil twice, which is kind of funny. So he really didn't like Phil. 
So now that Phil's working in New York, they break up. Magic swoops in, probably says all the same things that Jerry Buss had been saying this whole time. But like, with a bigger smile on yeah, his face. Yeah, just <laughs> and with a with a softer tone. Hey, you know? Genie. Hey. Phil didn't do you right. You know who could though? <laughs> Irvin. This big meat. Irvin Magic Johnson. They don't call me Magic for nothing, baby. So now we got we got Magic. Okay, Magic said he was going to be in some role. They hadn't decided it yet about two weeks ago. Turns uh-huh. out now he's running everything. So why did they fire Cupjack? Because uh, Magic gets to choose who his GM is, and clearly he didn't want Cupjack. Oh, you know what the real reason apparently I didn't think was? Cupjack was all that bad. You know what the real reason is? Apparently. Cupjack um, had it in for Genie or what? DeMarcus Cousins traded to the Pelicans recently, was apparently. They had an offer. Right. I heard that that was rumors, but you know, you hear this shit all the time. Like, you've heard LeBron's going to come to L.A., Westbrook's going to come to L.A., Durant's going to come to L.A. Like a week ago, they wanted to trade for Boogie. Yeah. Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss knew about it and took, like, a vote amongst the front office to see if they would do the trade, and they didn't end up doing it. No one ever told Genie or Magic. A little bit of collusion behind the scenes. So oh the, my goodness! So they're saying the second like Genie and Magic realized that like there was this trade offer that no one ever told them about, it was like everyone that knew about it, everyone in on that vote, you're gone. Still you're, waters run deep. You're out of here. God damn! How so, do you feel about it, dude? Okay, this goes back to my whole re- reality show. You get a sister and a brother billionaire, totally trying to fight over, not really fighting over, just they're they're wrestling for control. They both want to be in control, and only one is competent to do the job, and the other right. one's like, "I'm just here for the for the for the lulls, dude." And she's like, "I kind of need you to get the fuck out of here." Dad dies, she breaks up. Magic's like, "I can come save you, girl," and she's like, "Out of here." Well, hasn't Jim Buss for the last like three years said like if the Lakers don't make it to the playoffs or whatever, he'll step down? Like, hasn't hasn't that been like a thing? He, he said for if they don't make the if they're not viable in three to five years. He didn't get to five. He got to three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, three to five. That's why you don't put minimums he, on shit. He said he would step back. Yep. Today, he was fired. He was let go, motherfucker. He was fired. He mm. did not resign. He was fired. God damn, dude. And I'm saying, like, this is reality TV at its finest. It really is. And you can't write this shit. No. This and is I, where people get their ideas. And again, people are like, you know, oh, sports are so boring. Who gives a shit about this? And it's like, well, then why do you give a shit about people you've never met in a show that is supposed to be about reality? And it's not when these are actually people actually doing these ridiculous things. It's crazy to me, dude. But I mean, throwing the fact that Phil Jackson smokes like peyote on the reg. Did, I, I are you throwing that in? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you feel about Magic Johnson actually running shit? I mean, I you don't I, think the guy's plate I, is full. Like, well, he can't obviously do any more ESPN stuff. Look, he needs to focus on the Dodgers because that is a fucking sorry ass situation going on there. Before well, he not, starts putting his foot in other fucking president. puddles, he's I not, know he's but. not president. He's a he's like a two percent uh, owner of the dodgers like he has no actual stake in it that's the heaviest two percent you ever saw i mean it's it's two percent of 2.5 billion but i mean they're not going to sell it anytime soon so what's that ownership really getting you not selling it but he's got to figure out how to get them a fucking w in the fucking postseason he's not running the dodgers though now he's running the lakers his his role with the dodgers is going to take a, a serious hit mm-hmm Due to the fact that now in the offseason, which is normally baseball season, he's not going to be sitting 
you know, right there in front row. No, he's going to be in the office fucking wheeling and dealing. I don't know, man. So I'm sorry. How often has the player... Um, well, he's actually coached before, and it, he coached about 30 games uh, before the Kobe era started, and it didn't work out so well. That's what I was going to say. How often does the player-to-executive path really pan out um, all that well for the player? Like Larry Bird was able to uh, control the Pacers, and that was like in the Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson years. I think they yeah, made it to a finals. They did. Um Pat Riley was a former player, ended up being a coach, now is running the Miami Heat super successfully. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Pretty successful coach. Uh, Michael Jordan is a part owner of the Bobcats. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't do anything. Yeah, not really. (laughs) I feel like he just sits there and just counts his his chips. Um, As far as, like, president, though, yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, front office executive, like, face of the organization. And we're not talking about, like, a, a former athlete. We're talking about the former athlete, one of the like, greatest athletes of all time i was gonna right. say this too dude who uh who do you think is more universally loved i mean besides maybe one fan base that hates him like the celtics who's more universally loved than magic johnson like in sports like maybe in not sports? universally loved but liked like people may love jordan because of how like fucking ruthless he was but if you like it, no one would ever be like, man, I want to get a, a drink with Michael Jordan because they know Michael Jordan would just be talking shit on him all the time. Magic's so fucking happy and smiling. And have you have you ever read his tweets? How like they're only positive, and he tries to never stay. <laughs> he tried to be like, uh, oh, these are my front runners for MVP this year, and he listed like twenty five dudes. <laughs> it was like five like tweets the entire long. Entire <laughs> league, like everyone's an mvp in my book way to way to get out of the limb there Mike magic like he's not ever gonna be someone that someone's gonna be like i don't like him he's offensive only person i could think of was like john elway because everyone loved the fact that john elway like played his whole career scrappy you know denver broncos made it to a bunch of super bowls but never won and then finally finally went back to fucking back back to back and then quit and just rode off in this that's where that's where people get rode off in the sunset from from he uh, did it he went out on top that's what you want to do um like I'm saying, like I mean, we can talk about Brady, but a lot of people hate Brady. A, a lot, lot of people, people hate, hate, the, hate the Patriots. But isn't kind of too soon to really write the narrative on Brady? Like I mean, a lot of people were probably not no, the biggest a lot Magic of, fans when that whole I HIV I thing was a big okay, deal. Well, like, that's 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 a different thing. I'm talking about like Magic the person, not like well, all things know. considered, man. I don't know. I can't think of another one though. Because I mean, you can say like, "Oh, Derek Jeter's a nice guy," but the whole Yankees thing, people are going to be like, "I feel like Magic is the only uh, one." I that- feel like Derek Jeter is a pretty good contender for that. Yeah, but a lot of people hate the Yankees enough to hate Derek Jeter. I feel like a lot of people may hate the Lakers, but they don't associate Magic with the Lakers. They they, they see Magic as Magic, and he played on the Lakers. I don't think because when you th- when you think of Jeter, you think Yankees first, and yeah. you think of all those World Series, and you're like, "Man, fuck the Yankees." I could really, I could sit here and probably never come up with a good answer. The only thing I can think of are athletes who are renowned one way or the other, whether or not they're liked, you know, and the one that comes to mind is like Tiger Woods, yeah, despite the fact that he's a polarizing figure, like people I'm talking about that recognize. Whole, I'm talking about that whole want to have a beer with a guy. Kind of oh thing. yeah. 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 You know what I love, dude? When you mentioned John LA, I love hearing stories about like when LA came into the league and just was throwing fucking rocks at people and they were just catching them off the chest because they were so fucking hard. Like, I was, that's always been like a fucking hilarious idea to me that you could throw a football that hard, like Brett Favre hard, just fucking 
boom. Or like Aaron Rodgers getting it in a, in a trash can, like running to his left on the, on the run, barely balanced. On his back foot. Like, and like and like just 65 yards downfield in a, in a fucking trash can. That guy, he'll go down in history as the greatest Hail Mary fucking tosser <laughs> of all time. That guy throws a Hail Mary and it just, it never looks like a Hail Mary. It's like, oh yeah, he meant to throw the ball 85 yards upfield. Like, he, you know what I mean? Or like, or like, uh, Philip Rivers going the length of the field, you know, with ever, fucking a minute left. Like, have you ever seen how low some of the uh, the the score, like the the whatever they're called, those jumbotrons, like oh, like in the stadium? Yeah, and I've you never know, been to a football stadium. I guess I've never really paid attention. I mean, most of the stadiums are open, so they're not going to have a roof for a jumbotron to hang from. Mm-hmm. But like in the the Dallas one, I feel like it hangs so low. Like, wouldn't it be really funny if someone's trying to throw a hail mary and it just goes boink right off the fucking scoreboard? That would be awesome. Well, I was thinking about that, like in like domed baseball stadiums. Like if somebody hits a fucking yeah. just a moonshot, it happens just, all the time in Tampa. In Tampa and just clanks off the fucking they, rafters. Got, that's so dumb. Like they've got like if it hits this catwalk, it's a double. If it hits, it's like over the line. You hit this catwalk, like it's a home a, run. They're playing a different fucking game there. <laughs> knock over this guy's hat you get a triple what do you think about boogie i love boogie but yeah i also don't at the same time i don't know i feel like it's one of those chicken or the egg things like is he the cancer that can't that no one can work with or are the sacramento kings just the worst fucking like franchise ever I saw somebody comment on Twitter, like saying that, oh, Boogie should have gone to L.A. because, you know, Ingram's not worth the future, you know, not worth the stock in the future of the franchise. And it's just like, oh, yeah, because, you know, Sacramento's done such a great job of recruiting free agents, you know, like Aaron Aflalo and Rajon Rondo. Like, well, and that's the thing. That's that's what Kupchak and uh, Bus got fired for was. That was the that was the offer. It was Ingram and pieces for Bookie Cousins, and that never made it to Genie or Magic's Magic's desk. And people are like, "Well, you know, you can't say Ingram's not going to be as good as Cousins. You know, he's only 19 years old. He hasn't even grown in yet." Please find a player that has the potential to be as good as 26 year old Demarcus Cousins, like right now, because. Your odds are hard, highly stacked against you that a 19-year-old, even with all the potential in the world, isn't going to amount to a top 10 player in the league, which is what DeMarcus is. If they can get a dope forward or fucking point guard, dude, that, that squad's going to be fun to watch. Like What, the Lakers squad? No, the Pelicans. Oh, I know. Like, because they're fucking... You know what people are saying? Uh, backcourt's trash. Like, Remember how the Lakers almost turned it around mm-hmm. when that uh, trade with Chris Paul almost happened? Yeah. And then David Stern was like, no, no, no. This is unfair. We're not doing it. And it was like the only time a commissioner's ever vetoed a trade. And Laker fans were like, you're fucking with us. And then he gets traded with the Clippers like two weeks later. And it was just the ultimate like stab in the back. Yeah. Imagine Chris Paul's a free agent this year. Triumphantly comes back to the Charlotte Hornets who became the New Orleans Hornets who are now the New Orleans Pelicans. With young Kemba. No. That's the Bobcats. They moved around. I but now they're the Hornets again. Uh, I'm talking about. Oh, that's actually really complicated <laughs> because the Hornets were the Charlotte Hornets. They went to New Orleans. Will still the New Orleans Hornets, and then they flipped to. Um, and then Charlotte got a new team, and they became the Charlotte Bobcats. And then once the New Orleans Hornets became the New Orleans Pelicans, Charlotte was like, "No one's using the Hornets. We're going to go back to the Hornets." So now they're the Hornets again. It's very complicated, but the whole point is the franchise that Chris Paul left 
for the Clippers, he can now go back to, and they would totally retire his jersey, and he could help take him to the promised land with two of the biggest, you know. I think the verdict's out on Chris Paul. <laughs> what? You're not a Chris Paul fan? No, I'm not going to say like the in, you know, as far as point guards go, dude's like, you know, like top five all time, but he's, he's his playoff pedigree, dude, is just, it speaks for itself, I think. Like, yeah, but has he, has he ever lost to a team that he was supposed to be better than? I don't know. You know, he's always gone up against like the Lakers or the Spurs or the Warriors. Like, yeah, but I mean, dude, that for a time that, that was, Clipper squad he was running around with would just seemed like they had the tools to go and they couldn't like yeah they had to play the Warriors but I mean or the Spurs yeah or but the, fuck like I guess the Grizzlies anytime they lost to the Grizzlies you were kind of like man really yeah well the Grizzlies are like I think Grizzlies are usually if they're good they're usually underrated just because that market is you know no one really fucking cares but and plus they will like they'll it's called the grindhouse for a reason. You're gonna get some boring ass low scoring games when you play there. They're just they're, gonna they're just gonna get stats all across the board. Just numbers, guys. No. What? The Grizzlies? Yeah. Just no. guys who like just not like dominate one category, like go off, but yeah. they you know what I mean? They 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 <laughs> their leading score is gonna have sixteen points. <laughs> yeah, but he's gonna and, have and he's, a handful of assists and, and he's gonna have, you know four elbows to the face. Yeah. That's how they play. You have a really good free throw percentage. All right. We're getting super sportsy right now. Well, we, well, we have been for a long we time. We fucking did. Um, I don't know. The whole uh, DeMarcus Cousins to uh, New Orleans was cool to me just because I like Anthony Davis and I like DeMarcus Cousins because they were both Wildcats and uh, that's the squad. And uh, I think Cal Perry's going to come back and try to coach him. I don't know, man. Now it seems more likely than it ever has. But uh, I feel like he's kind of made his. Well, I guess he was he was lobbying, wasn't he? Like before this season. Like, I mean, he was offered like uh, you know. I mean, he. I don't think he was offered, but there was things talking about like him coaching the Kings when Demarcus was still up there, or coaching the Nets or something. But now that he's got like two of his best players that he's ever coached in college now on the same team. Ant, dude. Anthony Davis. Ants. You know that guy? Okay, he's he's about you know six eleven, seven feet now. Uh huh. He he's was, like a fucking tree. He started getting recruited in high school when he was six three, as a freshman, and and then grew into that, and then became six eleven by senior year. Scouts were just like, oh my just god, like, oh, this he, point, he's a scout's wet dream. This point guard, like, oh, now he's seven feet tall. Oh my god, yeah, dude. When he was in college, he was like a fucking tree, like. You you couldn't get around him like he's not like the he wasn't the biggest guy but I mean he was just so fucking just long and lanky like he just he looked like a guy who recently grew eight inches out of nowhere yeah, and just was trying to figure out what to do with his body. Damn, dude, looks like you got more sports information. Um, I don't want to talk about baseball, but I could. You should. You want to hear about my baseball? I want to hear about it. I don't want to contribute much. Did you know they are thinking about changing rules um, in baseball? I feel like they toy around with this. At least the last couple of years, they toy around with it every before every season. How many rule? How like? Do you think baseball's like been changed a lot in the last few years? I don't know. In don't, terms of rules, and I don't stuff? want to get blindsided here. I feel like baseball is a traditionalist I'm, I'm game, say, and people f- adhere to the traditionalist aspect of it. And they're like, no, that's the game. Like, they don't want to go to uh, automated 
officiating in baseball because people argue that that takes the fucking human element out of it and the game's been played this way for hundreds of years or over a hundred years why would we change it now and i don't know i think that you get rid of uh you get rid of vampires who may have a harbor some kind of bias or yada 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 and you know things that happen that shouldn't happen that really screw other teams you know that gets eliminated and the game gets played to the highest degree all right so i i checked a list of rule changes year by year right well what time do you gotta leave i don't have to leave oh okay. i live here <laughs> well i mean what time i like i don't know okay we're, we're running dude check your watch like four times oh i just felt it vibrate <laughs> it's an eye watch damn yeah big, big baller over here oh yeah i big saw unemployed baller <laughs> i saw this list 1857 that's how long we've been playing baseball like before lincoln was killed we've been playing major league baseball anyway 1857 down to 1975 all these rule changes like you know one every you know few years boom 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 we're adding this we're adding this we're adding this 1975 to 2008 nothing baseball's been the same so the game i've grown up loving has been the same untouched. Since 1975 until 2008 uh-huh. 2008 they finally allowed instant replay yeah to i remember like, that that was a big fucking it's deal not, it's not like they finally started playing instant replay but they, they review they reviewed it yeah. they were allowed to change a call but only some calls only boundary calls like yep. fair and foul balls and home runs like they it's, couldn't change you know first and uh like throws to first and you know if the run if the throw beat the guy like yeah. they couldn't review that yet they couldn't review that until like two years ago last year they changed a slide rule which was you can't like slide with your spikes up you know what i mean they because now you can no you can't you can't yeah i can't believe that it took you know that i long. got thrown out of games in high school for doing that but or I mean, called out i mean yeah thrown out but but it's like yes because they ruled out they yeah. don't want to have dudes shin bones Breaking cracked their in half. fucking legs yeah. yep so those are the only two changes in the last 45 years and it's kind of crazy because you know what they're talking about now you know what they're going to implement in the world baseball classic which is essentially the world cup version of baseball this year no what are they gonna do in extra innings they're gonna start with a runner on second isn't that weird i think that's cool isn't that kind of cool i think that is kind of cool because i mean that's the game changer right there with the runner on second like that's i mean base hit scores a run start of every inning and 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 extra innings both teams get a runner on second to start the inning which is kind of cool speed up the process i think all the rules changes that they're that they're thinking about instituting now are all for the sake of keeping the game more exciting and not dragging it on forever speaking of they've done they've done this in video games for the longest time and they're finally putting it in real life when you want to intentionally walk someone in a video game you would just press like l1 and circle and it would skip the fucking and it would be like go to first yep. and that was it i don't if no one knows what an intentional walk is in baseball there's situations when you'd rather just give up one guy going to first than the fact that he might get a hit and you know further advance everybody so an intentional walk is basically just pitching four balls and letting them go to first but the pitcher has to physically pitch the four balls and it's just the silly thing of everyone Where you see the catcher fucking stand up and move six feet over to the left or the right and it's just the dumbest thing to be like meh just for the sake of throwing the ball Meh. and actually making the pitch, like Meh. it is kind of just and the and the stupid, batter like, the batter's like taking off his protection because you know he knows the yeah. strike's not coming, so all this is happening, and you know you go get a fucking beer. Now they're just gonna be like, 
go to first. The the uh, the coach is gonna you know do his little signs from the thing, and the One. pitcher's gonna the catcher's gonna be looking at him over there, and then the catcher's gonna throw down a hand sign, and then the pitcher's just gonna go One like time. put his arm out to the far right, and then the umpire's just gonna send him down. That's awesome. I think that's great. Yeah. One time. Super cool. uh, In high school, apparently my dad, or I don't think he played baseball in high school, in junior high, he was intentionally walking a kid and he tried to sneak in a strike when it was 3-0 and the kid hit a triple. (laughs) That would happen to your dad. (laughs) But that happens uh, in the majors. Some guys don't throw it far enough outside. And And some guy just, Vladimir Guerrero, leans over the plate and fucking cracks one over the right fielder's head. They're just lobbing it. So it's like softball. You can fucking take a hop, skip, and a, you know, happy Gilmore jump and just crush it. And some guys, uh, because they're these finely tuned, like, athletes. I mean, you can't really call a pitcher an athlete. It's kind of like a specialized thing where... It's a skill that it takes. It's like a fine, like a, like like golf. You know, you got this finely tuned swing that you've practiced and mastered. Now do it at fifty percent. You know, it's, shit's gonna go weird. You may not hit a perfectly straight golf shot. That's what baseball pitchers have to do on these four easy throws to a catcher. You know, you're in the you're in the you're in your set in your little stands, and then you throw all weird. And dudes have thrown over catchers' heads, and then the dudes on base are just running amok so now you get this like wacky circusy bullshit out of baseball but isn't that weird that these are the only changes that have happened since 1975 yeah well i mean like i said i think they're trying they're they're realizing that uh baseball's demographic is is you know is 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 wrong football football and basketball the uh the median ages of the fans are in like the high 30s for baseball, baseball it's like guys in their 50s or mid 50s is the median like fan age yeah can you imagine though that those guys who baseball's target demographic is when they were the age that other sports target demographic is like how dope was baseball when Dude. they were in their late 20s or their 30s like that was like uh mid to late 90s which is yeah. which is when we were eight and nine and, and all in love with baseball and, and we Griffey got the, and mark we, mcguire we got mark mcguire and, and sammy, sammy sosa, sosa and it went right into like i like we said dynasties may suck while we're in them but looking back those yankees teams were fucking amazing and we remember the turn out the turn of the millennium was lakers yankees just fucking destroying the the leagues well and any any Anybody who truly appreciates, you know, sports for what they are can pull their head out of their ass for a second and recognize that, you know, like those Yankees teams were fucking incredible. Like it's it's, to to have done what they did is fucking crazy. Like that's funny, too, because then after that, that's when they really started throwing a bunch of money at like just anybody just so they can get every free agent. And like they didn't really win after that. Dude, you know, what's crazy to me. I think about this all the time. It's kind of an old idea, but like, you know. In like America, we're like free market capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The market should dictate whatever it is that we want it to do, and so you know we approach business this way. But when it comes to sports, we institute salary caps, yep. and you know, uh, you know, all all kinds of rules and restrictions on how much you could spend on this or that or this or that. And then over in Europe, which has a reputation for being more socialistic than uh, America, in like the EPL and shit, you, you they re- just fucking throw all kinds of cash at you know Madrid or Barcelona, and and there's no fucking limitations on what they can spend. Isn't that like backwards? Like I think it's so funny. It's really funny too, because not only that, but they have all these things implemented to make sure a team like that stays on top because they don't have like the whole collegiate, you know, uh, 
system system or like aau basketball where like these kids you know have their high school team but then they've got their travel team which consists of much better players yeah in uh I guess they do kind of have that because in, in in soccer you can like Real Madrid can sign. They have a, a nineteen and under league or they, team. They can sign a kid at eight. Yeah, and like they can put him in their youth program and boom, 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 and they have like rights to him. So Barcelona did that with Neymar, and then Neymar, and then you can loan people out. So when Neymar was nineteen and he wasn't quite good enough to play on Barcelona, they're like, oh, FC Porto that plays in Portugal, you can have him, and. He's still ours, and once he gets good, we're gonna take we're him, take back, him back, back from you. Yep. And it's so funny that like the whole loan system to just be like, the Yankees sign this dude, and then they're like, uh, we're gonna put you on the Twins for a little bit, and then once you get good, we'll take you back. It's just it's really funny the way soccer's set up like that. It's just so like it's so free market in that market, but baseball or well not baseball, but like most American sports, there's like a caps. bunch of fucking things that they do to make sure that the the team stay. As evenly matched as possible. Which is hilarious because the Kings are still terrible and they have always been terrible. So now it puts more of the emphasis on the front office and just how much of a dope you are if your team's just bad forever or how amazingly gifted you are at finding talent and using that talent. But that's Bill Belichick in the league with a salary cap and all these restrictions on dynasties and the fact that they've been good for 17 years. He's got a system. And, he's got Tom Brady. And he's got uh, little white receivers who <laughs> run 10-yard slants. And it's such a troll, though. Like, the fact that it's just like in this in this league where it's all offense and it's all go, go, go. I've got these five, nine white dudes. Who are going to rip your fucking secondary. And you're going to be like, why can't you guard one? Open. Because there's four of them. Because there's four of them. And they just rotate. And it's just a never-ending rotation. And they don't get tired because they don't have to do every single play. Like, And then one year he's like, I, I guess we'll sign Randy Moss. And then what does Tom Brady do? He sets the touchdown record. Randy Moss sets the, sets the touchdown receiving record. They go 18-0 and and then lose a fluke like Super Bowl. They could have been the luckiest fucking quarterback of all time. Oh my god! Don't even get me started with dumbass Eli Manning. He's so bad. Oh, and he'll be a Hall of Famer. My two biggest fantasy boners last season were Odell Beckham Jr. and Cam Newton, like on the same squad, uh, and it wasn't through any fault of Odell's. Like that's for goddamn sure. Maybe a couple of passes that could have been converted to serious points were lost on him but no one cares about your fantasy team i no one cares but i'm just but what i'm saying is is this relates to eli being a dope and how bad the giants are and how cam newton got exposed for whatever reason he's just old now he's 20 he's 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 a year younger than me he's old. i mean a day younger than me he's old he's not old he can't run the ball like he used to that was his greatest weapon and it's been stripped away from him by father time Mm-mm-mm. Early retirement. Poor Cam. Cam Newton on death watch. All right. So, <laughs> as I said, I'm not a LeBron lover and I don't have a LeBron jersey. I actually did buy into the hype and I bought a Cam jersey last year and I was really sad with the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. You bought a Cam Newton jersey? Yeah. It was a cheap, it was a cheap one. Like, I spent 80 bucks on it. I didn't spend, you know, 250 bucks on it. Mm. Yeah. It was all black, of course. That sucks, dude. <laughs> Had it been any other team that the Panthers had to play, I would have been very upset and disappointed. But because it was my Broncos... <laughs> I really love that it was the white Broncos. Ah, oh, that's such a stupid fucking in their narrative. white in their white jerseys. Oh my god! Led by Peyton Manning against the Panthers, who 
you know, had the MVP black quarterback and they were wearing the black jerseys. It was, it was just, such a dumb narrative. Well, it wasn't. It was just the mascot quarterback thing until the Super Bowl actually happened and they were wearing the white jerseys and the black jerseys. Yeah, because somebody who was who was so one of the guys in the marketing department was like, you hear what they're talking about? They're, they're creating their they're, this is perfect. I, I always want them to do color on color. Have you ever seen like a like UCLA play USC and no one wears white like they it's the powder blue versus the red. The red. It's really cool yeah and well didn't don't they do like with the color rush jerseys like they you know yeah, like yeah. basically the chargers are on that fucking electric blue and whoever else they play is but that's only like broncos one, one and game, orange it's like, only one game a week and that's that's to try to hype up the fact that thursday's gonna suck because like we said all the dudes are fucking playing on one leg so how do you combat that what do you, you do just you just, just extend the season or what oh what? To eliminate, so like obviously the the demand for the product is high, so they they institute days where we play more, but then yeah, just get what happens it, just is get rid of it and put them on Saturday or, or or put two Monday night games on, like instead of a having a Monday and a Thursday, just get them just get yeah. an early Monday and a late Monday. Why not? People will stay up for it. I don't know. Or they'll flip between channels. Fuck, like damn. Well, they don't have to be like simultaneous. They, they can could, be, and oh, you'd still watch. You'd be a little staggered. You'd still fucking watch. <laughs> Damn, bro. Sorry. You gotta cut that out. Just keep burping. Yeah. Is that is that all the sports take it you have today? Yeah, I could I, I was gonna talk about the uh, Rising Stars Challenge and basketball all star week well, because you don't talk about the Rising Stars Challenge. <laughs> well they don't they used to do rookies versus sophomores uh-huh. and now they just take the rookie sophomore pool and they yeah. do world versus US. In the last two years the world's beaten the US. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's good for the game though. Just like the world, ba- I mean, it kind of makes more sense in the World Baseball Classic because it's everyone against. Well, no, it's it's there's it's not world versus U.S. Oh no, well, it's it's players go play for their. It's like the Olympics or yeah, you know but I mean? like it's it's funny because the U.S. has never done well at all in baseball, mm-hmm. but it makes sense because if you think about all the best players, they're all Dominican, Dominican or, or something. Cuban but or. But the teams that actually win is. Japan and Chinese Taipei and I have a feeling it's because they're the ones that take it the most seriously yeah I was gonna say they, they seem like grinders dude they seem like they just fucking they're tenacious when everyone else like, in March is like really we're playing baseball already like they've been getting ready all season like yeah, yeah they've been preparing for this well you think about it bro like how many how many successful Asian professional baseball players has have there been there have been some, but not. That's my point. There's only been some. There hasn't been like a a, a multitude. And, like and like when Korea and Chinese Taipei win these, like they they don't have stars on for their them. Team. That's like they're yeah. they gear up for that. That's 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 the that's the big stage for. But now we're kind of seeing that, like I like with the Rising Stars Challenge. Like the world had you know Chris Stops and that Jokic guy from. Uh, from the Nuggets, and you're playing against American ba- basketball players who you would assume are the best of the best, and they're getting they're getting smoked. They're getting bit. lit up a little bit. Well, I don't know. I like I like international sports. Let them let everyone play. Yeah, I like international sports too. It goes back to what we were talking about. Do you really think the best fencers in the world are the best fencers in the world, or those are just the people that fence that are the best? Hold on, ask me that one more time. <laughs> it was my whole thing about... I I'm think sh- they're the best fencers in the world. I know, and you, you that was your point, that because of the fact that they spent their whole lives fencing, they're the best. But I'm saying, had you made everyone in the world a fencer from day, you know, from year five on, 
would they a, be the best? The, the the best fencers now wouldn't be the best fencers in that scenario. You mm. would get, you know, <laughs> you would get Usain Bolt. Probably not, but what kind of what kind of world community are we living in where everyone has to be a fencer? Well, it's kind of funny because, like, in NASCAR, people are like, oh, these are the greatest racers in the world. And it's like, no, they're the dudes who have been driving cars the longest in the world. You know, someone who lives in the Philippines is never going to get a chance to be a NASCAR driver. What if they could have been the best NASCAR driver of all time? Yeah, probably. But you don't nobody know. would give a fuck because NASCAR is fucking stupid. <laughs> That's not my point at all. Oh, that's my point. <laughs> Hot take a dude. So I guess the answer to your question is yes, I'm done with I'm I've run out of things to talk about. Well <laughs> clearly. Yeah. We we have run out of sports talk. I thought you were gonna ask me questions. I did, but you actually kinda like just mentioned every all the notes that I had. You like you did it on your own, so I really didn't have to ask you much. Damn. I was gonna ask you about uh I like questions because I don't have to prepare for. I was gonna talk about golf, but there's really not a lot to talk about. No. We Dude. I just want to give a shout out to Dustin Johnson finally ascending to world number one in the world. You wanna 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 talk about what DJ was doing like four or five years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago? He was doing Coke. Yeah. So well, how long? How long was that? Uh, did he take off? Didn't he take off? Like it was like six months. Months, yeah. Yeah. Well, he he got busted right before the Open, I think, the U.S. Open, and then didn't return until the start of the next season. But so what? So the fuck what? Well, he's like one of those guys. Like I like we were talking about Jordan Ventura. Like maybe he wasn't the best, but he's got the stuff to be one of the best. And Dustin Johnson's always had stuff. To oh, be you one said of the best. Urban Santana. Well, I'm talking about when I, I first talked about it when we were talking about Death Watch when your daughter yeah, Ventura yeah. died. Like he had like, and I compared him to Irvin Santana at the time, where it's like you got that he had all the tools, quote unquote, no hit stuff, mm-hmm. where he may have a five ERA, but every now and then he's gonna have a lights out game. That's what Dustin Johnson was. Well, he, when I think about Dustin Johnson, I, I, it, what, what happens is I that think, I, I think about Pauline Gretzky's sweet ass. Why are big knockers? Uh, anyway. I what no, but really, what I really think about is how confusing the official world golf rankings are, because there's a stat out there that says that he's one of like f- four people to win at least once in each of his uh, ten consecutive. Well, for him, ten consecutive years on tour. And it's like Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger Woods are the only other people to do it. And those are like the greatest that the game has ever produced. And I just don't understand how it's taken him so fucking long to get to world number one. Because of what we talked about. He's just not the consistent guy. But he is. He's always in there. He well, just he's, plays less events than other people, I guess. I don't know. I feel like the you point gotta, system is you gotta look at the I feel like you gotta look at how 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 much in the cellar he finishes when he doesn't do well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then it's also just crazy how far, because, how fast somebody falls off. Because like, you can get a guy like Luke Donald who never wins anything, but there he is in the top fifteen because he's always finishing. He was world like, number one for fifty-two consecutive weeks, like he's a always, year. He's always he's always in number five and six, and that's what you got to do to get to the top. Yeah. You just you got to be consistently good. Maybe but you not know, win, but. but I don't even think that it's so much that he finished. Like I mean, backdoor top tens, yeah, they help. But if that was the case, then Matt Kuchar would be a world number fucking one because that guy finishes in the top ten every fucking week he plays. He may not be a number one, but he's. But you know what it is? It's the, it's the volume of tournaments that the that they play. Really I think, think Dustin Luke, Johnson just doesn't show up. Yeah, often. dude, Dustin Johnson's on the world's biggest stage in terms of golf. He doesn't play the pissant events. He doesn't play the St. Jude fucking classic in memphis he doesn't play the fucking cuda champ and was it because he was doing coke no 
was was what because he was doing coke? Reckless speculation that um, he didn't ascend to world number one. No, I that, think he would have been hyper focused that, that he takes the uh, that he takes tournaments off every now and then. No, I I up. think like I mean Ricky Fowler is the same way. Tiger Woods played the same schedule, but you know Tiger Woods is obviously Tiger Woods' pedigree was such that he just won whatever it is that he fucking played, and that's a crazy thing when you think about it. He's won seventy nine times on tour. 79 times there aren't that many tournaments in a year 79 fucking tournaments i think i think the most wins that somebody has right now is like 13 like active players like there's there's four majors a year Well, phil obviously has 40 but i mean you know there's four majors a year at a certain like point for an eight-year period he was winning almost almost two of those four every year yeah well and then that's crazy too is that tiger won 79 tournaments and he hasn't won since 2013. But before that, he hadn't won since 2008, 2010. Phil Mickelson has 40-something wins. Like, just over half. Yeah. Phil Mickelson hasn't taken any time off. No. Phil Mickelson hasn't... Dude. And people would say Phil Mickelson, like, top 10, 15 golfer of all time. He's the greatest two... He's greatest two-man of all time. He's our generation's Arnold Palmer. Like, he, dude... And he still is nowhere near that am- the amount of wins that Tiger Woods has. I mean, we can talk about LeBron taking his team to the finals when he was 22, but we're never, ever, ever, ever going to see anything like Tiger Woods. The sheer any, dominance. Any Maybe like Serena Williams in her prime. or Well, like a- she is, the I guess, the concurrent example because she just passed whatever, Steffi Graf. But I feel like she had... Grand uh, Slam titles. She had like... I guess she had Venus to, I mean, she didn't really have Venus to deal with that much, but other people won. I feel like yeah. no one else was winning at the time that Tiger was winning. It was just. No, because he was fucking. Slaughtering. Yeah. And I mean, he, you know, he didn't complete a grand slam, so to speak, but he, there's the Tiger slam yeah, and that's slam. where he won four consecutive majors in a row. But, like, um, 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 I mean, you can say in tennis and men's tennis, there was the whole. Nadal, Federer, sometimes Djokovic thing where they were winning like two out of every four majors between mm-hmm. them. Tiger was all three of those guys like combined. Dude, for, like, he had the stretch. stuff, man. He had the stuff. And I, I, I always think that golf is a game where technological advancements really affect how it's played. Like yeah, but everyone gets them. It's not like some people get them. Right. But so think about it this way, though. If you're the best at hitting a wooden driver and you hit a wood, like Greg Norman, like Greg Norman hit a, a persimmon driver better than like anybody else has ever. He's like the most prolific person to drive a ball with a wooden driver. Then the metal driver comes out and all of a sudden Greg Norman's still a prolific driver, but people who didn't have the stuff with the persimmons are driving it just as effectively as Greg Norman yep. because of this technological advancement. Well, Tiger Woods's case was the ball. When he switched from the ballata to whatever to the to the the urethane core or whatever, the rubber ball, the the whatever's in the inside of the ball, when that technology when that technology changed, he started fucking killing it. And that was like around like 99, 2000 when he just went on a tear and just won everything that was put in front of him. He was like one of the first people to go with that ball. I mean, he still won before that, but it sounds like it sounds like like using a corked bat and instead of like baseball coming down and being like, hey, you can't use this bat. Suddenly they're like, OK, you can. And everyone started doing it. Well, there's a lot of people that argue that that the one thing that needs to change is that the ball needs to be dumbed down 
because that's, there's that's so funny because go- golf is just so equipment like oriented. Well, it, no, is, it is. It is. And and the fact that like. I mean, we were talking about the, did we talk about that on air with the whole, uh, anchored putter thing? And there's so many ways you can like, you can play golf and there's so many different tools you can have in your equipment that like, I don't think people can keep up with, oh, this is giving an unfair advantage and this isn't. And well, and your point has always been like, if it, if it's so advantageous, why isn't everybody doing it? Like if, if. If if putting with an anchored putter is really that much of an edge, why isn't Tiger Woods using an anchored putter? Like why? And that's the thing with like the one length irons that are coming out right now. So this kid Bryson DeChambeau, he won the U.S. Amateur like a year or two ago, and he plays a set of irons that are all the same length. And uh, I mean, if you're if you're golf ignorant and you don't know what that is, yeah. like every one of your clubs progresses by like a quarter of an inch or half an inch or yeah, something yeah. to the point where you're like your pitching wedge and your nine iron are like three inches in difference difference in length and what that does is basically just changes the way that you approach shots and actually physically maneuver your body to hit the ball well he plays iron an iron set that's all the same length so his swing is consistent throughout the entire set Weird. where he just has to worry about distance control now yeah. like he's completely eliminated the whole thing and there's this company out there called my golf spy that's trying to do research quote unquote to see if that's to see if this is really like you know is it, it would would uh high handicap golfers benefit from this and it's like you know for me it's like okay you know they don't have to worry about this but what but what his whole thing is is like if this was really that advantageous don't you think this would have caught on by now? Like, yeah. the, the, I mean, single length irons have been around since the fucking eighties. Like if, if single length irons really fucking made that much of a difference, don't you think they would have stopped making differentiating but sets? It, it's now? just funny that that's like allowed. Cause imagine if some hot pitcher comes on the scene and he throws 105 miles an hour and people are like, I wonder what it is. And he's, he's like licking his thumb. Well, no, he's like, know, he's like, like, I've got this ball. Like yeah. this, this ball's like mm-hmm. really good. And people are like, what the fuck? You're not allowed to use a different ball than everyone else. Well, the, you know, the, it's just yeah. funny that like that's allowed. That's how it goes in golf because well, it, the it ball because the ball comes out of your bag. It's not like someone walks up to you and says, "Here's so your you ball." You all have to play the same ball. That's well, and I guess that's where the USGA comes in or whatever the 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 the, the, the officiating bodies of golf. There's there's a list of equipment that conforms to the rules, I guess. But I feel like golf would be funny like that. Like you, if if everyone had to if everyone had to play the same equipment, yeah. Like there was one brand of irons that the pros could play, but it just, it wouldn't work like that. Had to meet like, like it wouldn't work. Cause then that you would find that like, well, look at golf in the history. All the dudes that won back in the day were basically like the same guy, just in different, you know, existences. Like they all had the same body type. They all had the same basically height and everything. Like it would come down to a matter of like, you know, you would have to fit a certain physical build like to be a successful golfer because if <laughs> it'd be like basketball <laughs> basically you have to be tall like it, like that's almost a prerequisite but it's not in the sense because you know there's there's players who have made names for themselves not being tall you know they they just get better at yeah, different but things but you know their name because of how few there are <laughs> exactly well yeah that's a really good point but if everybody had to play the exact same equipment there dustin johnson you wouldn't know who he was you wouldn't know who the shortest guy on tour was like there would just be this Everyone would be 5'10", 165 pounds. Like, yeah, it would just, yeah, it it would be all contingent upon, uh, you know, your physical attributes more than the actual skill with the game. And guys like Jim Furyk wouldn't ever be able to fucking play because wonky ass. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about 
golf that makes it so competitive is that it allows people to tinker and it allows people to experiment and allows people to do something that might not work for somebody else to give them a competitive edge. And that's in the, in the, in the name of competition, that's what it's all about. Like that's for me, that's what makes, you know, golf kind of exciting is that like looking in, in like, so every week a website called golf works does like a, you know, before a tournament starts, they basically have guys on site taking pictures of guys, bags and guys equipment and looking at the specs of what different people play. Like the driver that Dustin Johnson plays is not the driver that Jordan Spieth plays and not by a long shot even like, you know, on the surface. Yeah. They're different brands or different manufacturers, but the specs of the shaft, the, the lofts, like the way things are situated, the length of the driver, like it's all different. And both of these guys have been number one, like, so it's just like, it's the only way to make a game like golf even remotely competitive because otherwise it's just, you're, you know, you're excluding, I guess, a lot of it. If every club had to weigh the same and be the same length, like, you know, throughout everybody else's bag, like there just wouldn't be any competition. Like, all right. So you're like 5'11". Yeah. I'm like 6'10". Right. We should just trade clubs one day and see what happens. I'd mop the floor with your ass, man. <laughs> I would. Well, that's because mine aren't mine aren't extended or anything. Like mine are normal persons. Well, you know clubs. what? Actually, maybe maybe not. Like if you. So the thing is, is like I guarantee you, there's a significant difference in the way that you my set and your set torques or uh, you know flexes. Like I I think that you have uniflex shafts in yours, and I have you know heavier shafts, and I think that you know there would be things about my set that you would like, and there'd be things about my set that would be hard. I think I have irons that are less forgiving than yours yep. and uh i have shafts that are a little heavier but they work for me because i've worked into them like i've i've experimented with enough different you know pieces of equipment to know that this works this works this works and i've also spent a lot more time working on my game and working on my swing yeah and, i've never once changed my shafts any, at any time and you know what and like for some people they they think about it and it's like oh it's it's such like a, a purist aspect they're like why would i need to change my shafts if i if i can't hit these why can't i hit those and for me it's it's like no i'm fitting into what complements what i do like physically like and that's that's one of the things about it that makes it super interesting is that what works for one person doesn't work for another person like i don't know it may work better for somebody else like it's just it's it's so personal and so uh it just there's so much variance in in the way that you can set your bag up like or just and then there's the putter which you know basically works the same for everybody like because that's that's a fucking that's a skill like putting is a fucking it's like an art like you you actually have to be like you can't just like I can buy a driver and, you know, get distance out of it. You know what I mean? I can't buy a putter and just start rolling them in. Sweet. Like, you know, this is cool. The, this is the cheat. This is the cheat code putter. Yep. I like, it just doesn't work that way. Like that's the one part of the game that you actually like have to be competent in. Like, and it's half the game. You could get away topping the ball and just shooting line drives down. For, for a lot of people who don't know that may like, and may never play golf or the one time they did, they, could barely hit it over 100 yards when you get to the level of you know hitting 250 plus yards with your driver and most of your clubs go over 150 like right just you would be surprised at how much the game is in the last five percent of distance wise oh my god i and i think about that too like when it's so weird from learning how to play 
to playing this morning. Driving the ball seems like such a big fucking deal. And it is when you can't, when distance isn't your fucking, you know, when you don't have distance in spades, like driving the ball is important because for me, it was always like, well, how the fuck am I ever going to score if I can't even put the ball in the fairway or I have 300 yards into the next shot? Like how the fuck am I ever going to make that work? And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, I trust my driver 65% of the time. Like even if it's not accurate, it's getting down there. I'm confident enough to know that I can at least hit the ball and, and have maybe a a look, you know, or fucking, but then half over half of your strokes are taken within like, 10, fucking 10 45 feet, yards 10 like 10 feet of the green and then here's the fucking hilarious thing that happens a lot is that you get to a point where it's like you're confident in your drive so you start striping drives and hitting them in the fairway and then then you know another thing that happens is like that second shot that approach shot it's just something you think about even less and you get lucky every now and then and you hit a good one and it sticks on the green and then takes all the work out of it but a lot of times what happens is you're going to miss short you're going to miss left you're going to miss long you're going to miss right like basically everywhere else but where you're trying to hit it so you've got yourself this fucking 10 yard shot and you've got to pull this fucking stupid club out of your bag that has the highest loft of any club in the bag. And basically the club is designed to throw a ball up in the air and have it stop like a sack of flour. But what you got to do with it is swing 5% of what you're capable of swinging and pitch this ball up and have it land soft and fluffy and close to the hole, close enough to where you're confident you can make it. Of all the shots in golf, that's easily one of the most embarrassing when you get it wrong when but it's the most crucial when like, you're like 10 feet off the green and you just hit the ground before you hit the ball and and the ball just kind of like rolls like two inches and everyone's looking at you and you're just like oh God. and it's like usually and usually what's funny is is if you hit a bad shot with any club you it's, gotta change clubs or it's gonna go somewhere yeah right. yeah, yeah you gotta change clubs for the next shot this when one you, you fuck t- that shot up you you know you're not going back to the bag you know you're not picking the putter up and you, you just take, gotta hit it again you like take two steps forward and you're like let's do this again let's do it again and uh, it's essentially the same approach every time but but you got an extra stroke on your yeah on your and i mean equipment alone like there's also a lot that you know really factors into how effective somebody can be when they play like they've also got to know how to play or how a course plays or what to do like or how to do it and some people do better some people do things better than other people do some people hit out of bunkers way better than other people do some people hit out of the rough way better than other people are some people are way better at you know chipping green sides some this people is, are this is all the physical aspect too you're not even touching on like mindset and then uh, states oh, and of mental approach like <laughs> like like states of ease versus just they call that course management terror right? like, like, yeah uh, knowing when to not hit driver uh, knowing when you know you know as embarrassing as it is no one ever wants to do this but knowing when you need to lay up and when i just mean like you don't have a chance i like, just mean like you just hit a bad shot now you gotta hit another uh, one are you going up yeah. are you going up fucking pissed and still thinking about that last shot or are you going up kind of drunk and just like or are you going thinking, you know, this is the one I'm going to stuff to three feet. Like, you know, when, or, or my favorite is when you, uh, you hit a wayward drive and it's out of bounds. So you take your drop in the fairway or in the rough or whatever. And, you know, to make par, you've got one chance and this is that chance. Like you've got to stuff it to a makeable distance. You know, obviously there's people, there's people on tour who, who get away with hitting it 25 feet away from the hole and can roll that putt in like Jordan Spieth almost seems like he has the ability to will the ball into the hole from wherever he is on the green. But, you know, 
for for the average hack out there you got one shot and it's that drop and that's to hit it within a distance you know you can comfortably putt and then again if you don't then you gotta you still got more shots to go and you're just and you're thinking about well shit now i'm at par and now how motherfucker and it's just like it's it's such a it's not a physically demanding game it's a physically uh there's there's to play good golf physicality is a factor but it's not the most crucial factor nah, you like, can be amazing and be fat and 80 years old like. you gotta understand what you do well and how you do it and how you play and there's just a lot about golf that allows anybody to to compete you know what i mean and and i think the the thing that's parallel with every other sport is consistency like you gotta figure out what can you do and repeat successfully each and every time like it's really funny all the different ways to go about it because there's me who i don't really ever try that hard at it i don't take practice shots i just kind of walk up and hit it you will you may not take practice shots but you'll like address the ball and like just kind of go through your mental checklist for about 20 seconds i i come up with a plan i say this is what i want this shot to do like and and then you'll swing and then Eric goes up there, taking takes 19 practice 19 shots. 19 practice shots, and then takes an actual shot that doesn't look anything like his practice shots. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it's just funny, though, different ways to, like... And that's, I mean, that's why I've, like, stopped taking... Go out and play. 100% practice swings altogether, because they just, you're never... I've always, I always feel like when you address the ball in a quote-unquote practice swing, it's not even close to what it really is when you step up to the ball. Yeah. Like you don't think about alignment. You don't think about, you think about the club bottoming out like at the shallow point of the swing. And that's all you're like trying to feel for. And that's a good practice. But if you're doing it under the guise of thinking like, Oh, this is going to help me, you know, hit the ball. Replicate it again. Like, no, if you did it right the one time and it didn't, and you weren't swinging at the ball, what's this? There's no, that has no correlation with the next shot, next swing you're about to take. And for me, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like flipping a coin, having it land heads and being like, Oh good. It landed heads that means it's probably gonna land heads again no not really (laughs) or if i flip it this way like if i practice flipping the if i practice the flipping motion i'll be able to flip a coin and dictate the way that it lands and it's just like no that's not how that works but i don't know um we got a little bit off topic there but i really just wanted to uh talk about golf for about 15 minutes i do i could talk about golf for 15 years man but uh i just wanted to touch on dustin johnson ascending to world number one because I mean, this is big news for the golf world because the guy's got the stuff. He's got the tools. There's no reason to, no reason to suggest that he 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 can't keep this this kind of play up. Like it's he, it's just going to be more of the same that we've been asking for ten years. Is this the next Tiger? No, and we know for a fact that the guy's already 33, like or 32. Like we know he's not the next Tiger. But you know that game that Tiger was playing is not the game that's being played today. And yeah. I that's that's you know pretty much the same with every sport. Like football's changed, basketball's changed. Like the game that you know baseball not really changed. Baseball that much. hasn't changed since <laughs> 1975 apparently. Um, but. Yeah, totally. The game that Dustin is playing is not the same game that Tiger played, and yeah. and you're seeing that whenever Tiger steps onto a tee box, it's just not the same. Oh like, my God, he's still trying to be old Tiger too, and you can see it, and his body will not let him. Yeah, well, should we should we go out with a bang here and and hot take it to Tiger Woods? Yeah, Death Watch 2017. Oh, the Tiger Woods' career is that your dark horse? No, because <laughs> it's not a dark horse. It's a given. That was Death Watch 2009. Fuck, dude. Sorry. 
but well yeah i guess and then he like he was like a like a stage four cancer patient who somehow went into remission in 2013 well that's the thing walking people, around the world people are like but he he won other tournaments and i'm like yeah so does a lot of motherfuckers he's the craig like, sager at golf like i know he won like what five tournaments in one year like yeah that was the last year he won jack like he won the fact he that he shit. didn't win at all before that and at all after that you can spread those five wins over the course of like eight years and a lot of dudes do that like who, yeah. who gives a fuck i i never saw that as like a oh he's back well i mean legit he was back like mm. you know by the smallest requirement of the definition he was back he won mm. five tournaments he got the player of the year award he mm. ascended to world number one again mm. But he didn't win majors. He didn't do what we wanted Tiger to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Tiger which, was not back. Which makes his uh, which makes his legacy a little different. But like I said, the game that he was playing uh, then, well, in 2013, he was playing the he was playing today's golf, just playing it well because he wasn't addled by his back yet. But uh, the game that he played and won and did so well, like that's not the same game that we're looking at today it's a different game it's dominated by guys like rory mcelroy and dustin johnson who who just do what tiger did in a different way but i guess for me always thinking about what do you know tiger's middle name uh eldrick taunt woods what the fuck is taunt taunt i always think of like a taint (laughs) t-o-n-t yeah well he's uh He's got some kind of uh, taunt Asian in him. I don't know what it is. I don't think taunt is Asian. I think it is. What? Taunt. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, don't. Don't. <laughs> what was that? It was just me. Don't. Perfecting my. That's not Asian at all. <laughs> no. It could be if you really wanted it to. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed talking about golf. I would love to talk about golf more, but I know you don't give a shit. No. Um. Sometimes Sorry, I might just have to torture you and talk about it more oh, and bring shit up that's relevant. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, well, I guess does if we're talking about sports and we're talking about domination and we're talking about people doing shit well, Dustin you can Johnson talk about Tiger doing about shit golf. well. Um, he's the world number one. He's got all the tools. He's got the skills. The guy dismantles every course he fucking plays. And when you look at his pedigree, he's won on some of the biggest and toughest courses. Like he plays well at tough places. But uh, I guess I just don't understand the way that the official world golf rankings work because I would think that he should have ascended to number one much sooner than this. At the very least, after he won his uh, U.S. Open last year, like that should have fucking solidified it. He had a hell of a year. Um, Who are we talking about? Dustin. Oh, yeah. DJ. DJ. Paulina Gretzky, though. He's dating Wayne Gretzky's daughter. He's having another kid, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Showboating mm. motherfucker. No, didn't she? Did she? No, she didn't. Did she ever golf? Who, Paulina? Yeah. No. Okay. Who's that? Who's that girl that we saw? Like, it wasn't Paula Creamer. I'm trying to think of like. Never mind. Is it like a legit golfer, or was it like a? I don't think so. Sensation. <laughs> a little bit. There was this not too long ago. There was a Vine this, sensation, if you know what I mean. A an internet, vine, an like internet Paige sensation. Spiranak or Spiranak or whatever. Maybe. They Do, look alike. Doesn't matter. Blonde, skinny with the. Doesn't matter. 
nice assets if you know what i if you know what i mean this is what i wanted to stay away from i'm like you know that golfer that i only know because she's hot well, it could be Paige spearneck it could be blair o'neill um there's a handful of them out there who aren't good Mm-mm. so to speak they're good at golf but not on they're, the professional they're, stage they're, they're anna Konakova. yeah where mm-hmm. they're just exactly Exactly. And she caught a lot of flag. Paige Spiranik did for uh, missing the cut horribly, but still being like hot and stuff and doing like cartwheels and shit. Like while, like while she's like releasing promotional videos, like obviously she has a brand. She's aware of that. She's uh, are you looking her up? Mm. Are you looking her up? Um, no, I brought, Oh my God. That squat in her backswing though. Sorry. Continue. She's a, she's a hard body for sure. That's, you know, she's she doing the splits on the course right now. When do you ever need to do the splits on the golf course? You don't, but this is what, so let's, uh, let's do a little experiment here. Look at, uh, look at Paige Spiranak and then look at a picture of Lydia Ko. Oh, is this going to be bad? Not going to be bad. It's just going to, you know, you know, my point will make itself. Exactly. But it's funny too because I see the pictures of her, but then she's actually got pictures of her holding trophies. <laughs> this is my point exactly. Lydia Ko is like a phenom and she's really good, but who knows who Lydia Ko is? You didn't know. You knew who this other broad was just on her the, physical appearance. The fact alone. that she's a broad. I don't know what that says about us, but. Uh, I know that it says that it, you know, Lydia, Lydia Ko is holding four different championship or four different trophies in like the first six pictures. Paige is doing splits. Of uh-huh. course. And she's taking <laughs> selfies in her bedroom and getting a million more likes than Lydia Ko ever will. In the, in the very second picture of Paige Spiranak, she's in a dress, like nowhere near a course. Yeah. And does she have any visible tan lines? Uh, let me inspect this a little further. It's a perfectly crafted image that's going to sell 10 times better than, than mm, no visible tan lines. Mm -mm. She's a looker. I will say that I'm not really into, uh, Caucasian women, but no, I've been on record saying blonde white girls. They don't really move the needle for me, but this one moves a few needles. I mean, I get it. That's the thing. I'm not going to be like, Oh, she's ugly. I get it. Um, yeah, but I you know, I, I hate to be that guy who's but only who only knows a female athlete if she's hot. No, that's not true because I know other female athletes. I follow the PGA Tour pretty consistently, and I know what's happening week to week. I know who wins what, who wins where, who does what well. You know, I can, I can look at a guy. It's good looking, man. I, you're not wrong. I can, you know what I mean? I can, I, I, I know who a player is just by looking at what's in his bag. Like, you know, it just, it's just something that clicks with me. And I, I don't give a shit about the LPGA tour. Not because it's not because they're women, just because it's the, the quality of the product isn't the same. Like that's actually an interesting thing too. Like, do you think people don't like the WNBA or people don't watch the WNBA because it's women or because it's a, it's, it's an, I mean, as much as you can say about fundamentals and stuff, it is a superior or it is an inferior product, just like college basketball is compared to the NBA. Yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. I And it sucks that it has to be painted this way, but it's just like whatever women do physically is not going to be as impressive as 
what men are doing. I guess the the exception to the rule would be UFC though, because watching those broads go at it, dude, is kind of intense. Like they fucking like they they have that fucking like look in their eye, like they're gonna kill each other. Well, and, it's like, because it's because it's women on women, right. so you get that even playing field. Like, well, I mean, NBA, WNBA is women on women. That's true. That 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 is a good point. I was gonna say. Um, in golf you know there are the ladies tees it's like a built-in thing to the sport it's like oh we're just gonna shorten this course for you but because they just don't they just don't they just don't like softball fields are smaller you know yeah it's it, it, softball's a totally like a collegiate and no, i'm not talking about beer league softball i'm talking about collegiate like, softball yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's it's a way different game it's a way different game than baseball way different game and that's that's cool like yeah, i think no, that that that's is, not, like they're not playing baseball they're no, playing a different game altogether and they're dope. good at it like yeah. those, those broads throw that big fucking grapefruit sized ball hard oh, dude. oh underhand yeah. and it's got some crazy spin on it i mean on the surface the games look the same but they're totally different what they're doing i you know hitting that ball is watching the ball come out of the pitcher's hand is like it's a totally different process like it's it's you know but all that being said they aren't hitting the ball 350 feet like no. they're hitting it fucking 190 200 yards how big those those fields See, they play on are as big as the ones we played on when we were 12 probably like you know but it is a bigger ball yeah and um and yeah it may not be as strong of a swing but they do have closer bags which means the infielders have to be like crazy fucking quick like there's no you know throw to first it's got to be boom boom yeah which well, is crazy 60 feet yeah. 60 foot bases again what we played on that's when, when we, we were 12, 12 like yeah. you know and uh it's just it sucks to say this because it's like i i'm you know not disparaging women for anything that they're doing and you know equal rights and progress is a Title beautiful nine. thing but the product is is when the when the context of the product is the same when they're playing the same game within the same parameters with the same rules it's just never going to be the it's not to say it's not going to be exciting that's maybe not the right way to spin it it's never going to be the best that you can get when you have the option to see something right that that's is, what i mean it's never going to be the best product like yeah. it's never going to be it's like diet sports like it's yeah. just never gonna taste the same like and that sucks for me it to does. say like i don't want to be that guy who's disparaging you know saying that women can't do what men can do because they so, clearly can do what men can get, do just not to the degree that some men can do it but I, there are men who can't do what these women do no like, no like, absolutely the perfect the perfect example would be to look at the lpga tour driving distances the the average uh, driving distance on the PGA Tour for for the men the is men. 290 yards. Yeah. I drive my ball maybe 275, 280 average. Like you when know, we when we really hit it, we can get I can pipe it 300 but yards. But that's not our average. Yeah, yeah, that's not my average. That's you know the number. But I also fucking duff shots that only go 150 yards yeah. sometimes. So that's they you don't know, do that. They don't do that. <laughs> no. Their bad shots are you know. 290 yards way right so like, what do the ladies usually drive do i don't have the number in front of me but what would you what would you guess let's guess first before you find the 250 answer. i would say that the the average driving distance on the lpga tour is uh and like i said their tees are are closer because there are the, well when you get on the lpga tour they're not playing you know what i mean the, i think play the, the tees are mo- no they don't play from the tips but you know they they don't have like that that's not advertised like they're playing from tees that are designed for them i know but you know there's still I mean? courses that are unisex like they still have to have some kind of right. like i mean there's still got to be if you're saying they're not playing from the blacks then they're not you know what well, my to my point they're not playing from where 
the main PGA Tour plays from. Although they might not play on the same courses either. Oh, hi. Still? Yeah. yeah. We're running long today. Yeah, we got really sportsy. Good thing you weren't here for it. You would have hated all of it. Hang on, hang on. Let me... I think. Let me pull this up. I don't want to assume things. Average driving distance. Uh, I can assume. So the leader on tour is 268. What did I say? 250? Yeah. I would say that the average may be a little bit lower than that, but... But still, what's your point? The lowest. Well, my point is, is that these women drive the ball further than most men. Yeah, definitely. That you will see on any given Saturday. Yeah. yeah, they're the best of the best. But to say that what they're doing isn't as good as what a man could do is totally wrong because yeah. they still hit the ball farther than I do. Like Thomas is great. More consistently. He hits, he hits at 190. But you know he does. Yeah, he he hits like a like a little bitch. But you know, it's probably so, the wrong thing to say in this context. <laughs> but. I guess the bigger point for me is that it's never going to be the best that it can be when you have guys like Dustin Johnson averaging 317 off the tee. Like, it'll never be that level. Like, they, they're good at what they do. I'm not disparaging what they do. I'm not taking anything away from them. But let's get a, let's get a woman's opinion on this. Do you want to jump in on the take? I know it's your favorite thing to do. I mean, yeah, you got you got to set. Put the fucking trash bag in the trash can. Ooh, That's my take. Ooh. You just have never to. mind. This is probably then we probably shouldn't bring up the thing that we're about to talk about. But never mind. We're about to talk, talk about. No, it? I mean that we were. No. No. I had to let it air out. Don't act like you haven't done that before. <laughs> you had to let the trash bag air out? No, the can. That's not a thing. Yeah, it is. You're still going to put trash back in it. You know what? You guys are really shitty. <laughs> and uh, I cleaned this bitch up. The last, I didn't fucking put a liner in the trash bag. I didn't throw anything in the trash can without the liner. It's like, you know, can you can you cut the guy a break? You've been home all day. <gasps> I actually have not been home all day. Anyway, but we should probably wrap it up now because this is getting ugly and it's time to get out of here. So, Tyler, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? No. All right, man. Um, until we meet again. The ladies' home, so we got to go. Prolific.